When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Is Sid and friends in the morning from our friends? Seventy-seven WABC. Former President Donald Trump surrendered to Georgia authorities on state charges against him related to the 2020 election. It is for his fourth indictment, but it was the first time he or any other former president had to pose for a mugshot. He's seen frowning in the booking photo. He paid 10% of his $200,000 bond and was released. It's a very sad day for America. This should never happen. If you challenge an election, you should be able to challenge an election. I thought the election was a rigged election, a stolen election. I should have every right to do that. As you know, you have many people that you've been watching over the years do the same thing, whether it's Hillary Clinton or Stacey Abrams or many others. When you uh, have that great freedom to challenge, you have to be able to. Otherwise, you could have very dishonest elections. What has taken place here is a travesty of justice. We did nothing wrong. I did nothing wrong. So thank you all very much, and I'll see you uh, very soon. Outraged Brooklynites sounding off about the city's latest plan to house thousands of asylum seekers at Floyd Bennett Field in the coming days. Ralliers hoping the city will find alternative locations. If you believe you have to take them, Rikers Island. They have cafeterias, they have shower stalls. You just take the bars off the cells. And then you have lots of ground for them to roam on. What's to stop one of these people who's been unvetted, unvetted, jumping out of the bushes at 4.30 in the morning and attacking my wife or daughter? I'm fully aware that New Yorkers are concerned that over the past year, more than 100,000 asylum seekers have arrived in our state, requiring an historic humanitarian response. Which? Moments ago, I issued a letter to the Biden administration formally requesting that it take executive action to address New York's migrant Go up yourself. This crisis originated with the federal government, and it must be resolved through the federal government. Go up your ass. It started at our nation's southern border when Governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, made the despicable decision to load migrants onto buses and ship them out to score chief political points, treating these individuals as pawns. Hey, I know you don't smoke weed. I know this. But I'm going to get you high today. Because it's Friday, you ain't got no job, and you ain't got shit to do. Promised Land by Bruce Springsteen. Promised Land, the United States of America. What a mess. <laughs> this song 
after that uh, tremendous open put together again by executive producer, sports update extraordinaire, Justin Ellick. This song goes out to Lou Rufino's wife or girlfriend or significant other or fiance. I don't know. Caretaker. He's been banging up for 20 years. That's all I know. And they live together. Happy birthday to MJ Rufino. I think she goes by Ledwith. Wow, you, you really retain a lot of things. <laughs> I, I, I continue to be impressed by as off the wall and all over the place as you are. Yeah. You still retain these weird, from Dave Bunzel days at FAN, what yeah. the what he would drink and what soccer jerseys the guy wore, yeah, true, yeah. to now yeah. my girlfriend's last Well, name. I pay attention to I, I, Mary I Jean Ludwith. That's very and good. she's very, very active, of course, MJ. I love her. Very active on all my social media sites, specifically Facebook. But she's on Instagram as well. So uh, I wish her a happy birthday, but I'm not banging her. You are. So maybe you want to wish her a happy birthday. Uh, yeah, and uh, more greetings later. <laughs> <laughs> so happy ah. birthday uh, to the savior for me, my MJ. You've been together for 20 years, the right? The greatest person, I mean, my best friend, and the yeah. greatest person in my life. Oh, my God, that's so sweet. It's true. I, I know it's true. She says, terrific, terrific young lady. Great girl. Yeah. Is it 20 years together? Well, not quite. Okay. But high teens. So when we started hanging out, you and I, because we hung out uh, before me and Bernie even became close. Tell me, what year, when, now what year was? 2000. Okay, that's what I thought. I got the morning show with uh, Scott Kaplan and Craig Carton at WNEWFM in 2000. And then I came to WFAN late 2000. And uh, I was there, of course, in 2001. That's when I got the midday show with Jody McDonald during 9-11. But uh, you and I were hanging out as early as 2001. That's 22 years ago, and I don't believe MJ was on the scene. No, she wasn't in the picture. All right. No. We were going to gay bars in Chelsea. Yeah. I guess she straightened me out, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, I guess she did. <laughs> so what are you doing tonight? You know, we're going to um, – I told you this story. A week ago tonight, I was having dinner at Callie's in Bell Harbor, my buddy Terrence Mullen's place, and a gentleman walked over. Turns out he's a former homicide detective. Great guy. Sweet man. His name is Marty Feeney, whose daughter, Adrian, ended up dead. And two guys who were with her that night never got into any trouble. It's just unbelievable what a shoddy job, in this case, the 100th Precinct did. And I love the 100th Precinct. I love those guys. But in this case, according to Marty, they did a terrible job. Terrible job. So in honor of his late daughter, he opened this great restaurant in Broad Channel, Adrian's. And tonight, me and Danielle are going there for the first time. We should have invited you guys for MJ's birthday, but I just found out it's MJ's birthday. Well, it's, you can't retain everything. That's yeah. all right. Well, well, you just told me an hour I, ago. I, I realized that. But what are you guys doing? Well... We'll, we'll lay low tonight, I okay. think. Yeah. Tomorrow, and tomorrow's supposed to be a beautiful day. Yes, today sucks. Rainy, tomorrow gorgeous and 86. So you can go out tomorrow. Well, go to maybe. Wits. Go to my guy Wits restaurant. I mean, maybe, and I'm going to tell you more a okay. later. Oh, you got something what. planned. Okay. Well, yeah, and then I'll tell you something that we're doing over the weekend. And oh, very maybe, nice. Maybe you guys will join us. We'd love to. Okay. All right. That's we're great. around. We're not doing much this weekend. All right. What Next you... weekend, I go back upstate to see my mother. 
for uh, Labor Day. Can we stay in the house and, and yes. talk about the debate? With, uh, your <laughs> yeah, camera? Just like we did two nights ago. <laughs> that was funny. You, uh, Danielle and Ava, leading up to that uh, big rally. Let's start there because Lou was in my house a couple nights ago. He drove me to the Tuesday night rally. Folks getting a little confused. The Tuesday night rally to keep the illegals. I don't call them migrants. I don't call them asylum seekers. They're illegals. And we're trying to keep them out of my neighborhood, Floyd Bennett Field, which is not just my neighborhood, mind you, but it's Brooklyn, too. you got Mill Basin right there. You've got, you know, Flappish Avenue, uh, that area right there. So the uh, the plan is to try to keep these people out, obviously. So we had the first rally on uh, Tuesday night. Marine Park is the other neighborhood. And it was at Floyd Bennett Field. That was put together by Curtis, and it was great. So last night, the local leaders led by a lady that I really like. She's going to join me coming up at 645, Assemblywoman Jamie Williams. Jamie's in charge of a a lot of the areas that I frequented my whole life. Canarsie, Flatlands, Georgetown, Mill Basin, Marine Park, Bergen Beach, Gerritsen Beach. So she put together this rally last night in the parking lot of Toys R Us on Flappish Avenue, right across the street from the golf course and not far from King's Plaza. But unlike our Tuesday night rally, which was organic and authentic, as Curtis would say, last night there were politicians there, politicians that I have savaged on this show, and Curtis has too, on my show and his own show, people like Republican Council Member Joanne Ariola, she was there last night, people like Democrat Stacey Pfeiffer Amato who stole Anthony Weiner, you listen, who stole her election win from my dear friend and hero, Tom Sullivan. They were there last night, amongst others. In fact, it was funny. Stacey Pfeiffer Amato gets up on the stage. you got to understand, these are my people there, Rockaway people, Breezy Point people, and for the most part, they are conservatives, Republicans, holding F. Biden signs. So she gets up on stage, Democrat, and she gets booed. And Jamie and her are like, hey, why the booze? Why the booze, stupid? You stole the election from somebody who's lived in Breezy Point his whole life, who served in Afghanistan, Iraq, Kuwait, dragged bodies, saved lives on 9-11 out of a burning World Trade Center. Why am I getting booed? Are you nuts? I love that last night. So last night uh, was the rally again at Toys R Us. And once again, all the politicians spoke, but the person who received far and away the biggest round of applause, was Curtis, followed by me. You know, they lined up behind us. So Curtis uh, did speak last night, as he does every night. Let me get to that quickly. He uh, he talked about putting these people in Rikers. Now, I know John Katzmatidis, my man, has said it too, but I've said it uh, uh, for about as long as John has. In fact, I'm on record saying put all three groups of people on Rikers. You've got criminals there already, put more. Add the illegals and the homeless. You can take illegals and homeless off the streets and make New York a much more palpable place. Not just migrants, homeless. you got plenty of room on Rikers for all three. Criminals, homeless, and illegals. Curtis made that point last night. This is Curtis Sliwa, cut number two. If you believe you have to take them, Rikers Island. They have cafeterias. They have shower stalls. You just take the bars off the cells. 
and then you have lots of ground for them to roam on. And I told this story like I've told a million times, even here, how, uh, you know, I realized the dream, my beautiful wife, Danielle, growing up, her parents, her grandparents, best friends, Rose and Arthur Carp, living in Bell Harbor, how she always wanted one day to move there. And after being married 31 years, we realized that dream last March. You know, we went through a difficult time with our house, flooded, had to live outside the house for nearly six months, hotels and apartments all over New York City. We got home about six weeks ago. The house looks beautiful. Rich Clift and a host of others did a terrific job. They really did. And now I have to worry that when my wife, Danielle, who's training for her sixth New York City marathon and her 40th marathon overall, and she will run past Floyd Bennett Field on one of those training runs she does, I got to worry that at 4.30 in the morning, some illegal who has not been vetted jumps out the bushes. And I made that point last night. I believe it was it was either New York 12 or New York 1, News 12, that took this quote. PIX 11 wanted nothing to do with me. This is uh, me, cut number one, at the Toys R Us rally last night. What's to stop one of these people who's been unvetted, unvetted, from jumping out of the bushes at 4.30 in the morning and attacking my wife or daughter? And I mean it. So the governor speaks yesterday. She is the worst. I, I don't... <laughs> I mean, I really despise Andrew Cuomo. I really do. He's a bad guy. I don't want to hear from anybody anything different. Andrew Cuomo is a bad guy. He just is. He is, you know, you talk about Donald Trump being a narcissist, and he is, or me, an egomaniac. This guy is so in love with himself. 18,000 people die, and he's still bragging. He got to keep $5 million writing a book about COVID when there's no question to anybody who looks at this rationally that of every state in our union, New York did the worst job. Lost way too many people, shut down our businesses, the lockdowns lasted way too long, and this prick, Andrew Cuomo, would go on TV all tan and loving himself and women throwing their underwear at him. He is despicable. But I got to tell you, I may like him even more than Hochul. That's how much I can't stand Kathy Hochul. She's a liar. She's as selfish as Andrew Cuomo. And if it's possible, if it is, she may even care less about you folks in your cars right now than Andrew. So given the opportunity, once again, like our mayor, To blast Joe Biden, what does she do? She mentions these two words, which I'm so sick and tired of Eric Adams saying and her saying, what are the two words? Federal government. If they would just once, profiles of courage, these two pussies, if they would just once say Joe Biden, that's two words too. Joe Biden, instead of federal government, I'd respect him just a little. But not just federal government, which is a cowardly way of putting it, She's, she's taking shots yesterday at Governor Abbott in Texas. That's who she's angry about. Governor Abbott. As if Governor Abbott is the one who keeps the border in Texas open. That poor bastard has to deal more in El Paso than we do in five boroughs. 
Governor Abbott is not just not a racist. He deserves sympathy from everybody. And what is this witch, this Governor Kathy Hochul, do yesterday in her one of her few press conferences? She finds a way to malign the governor of Texas. And why is that? Because he's a Republican. This is Kathy Hochul on her migrant speech, cut number five. I'm fully aware that New Yorkers are concerned that over the past year, more than 100,000 asylum seekers have arrived in our state, requiring an historic humanitarian response. Moments ago, I issued a letter to the Biden administration formally requesting that it take executive action to address New York's migrant crisis. Here in uh, number six, this is where she goes after just a cheap shot. The governor of Texas, instead of taking some accountability, her and the mayor in this town. Here she goes off on Governor Abbott Lewis, cut number six. It all started at our nation's southern border. That's right. When Governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, made the despicable decision to load migrants on the buses and ship them out to score cheap political points, treating these individuals as pawns. So what? God, cheap political points, treating these individuals as pawns. I am so sick and tired of hearing about these illegals, how we treat them. Please, please, four-star hotel rooms, meals, cell phones, leave the Americans on the streets, the homeless, and veterans for a while. I know they debunked that story, but I still believe it's true. Illegals. Pawns. For me, they're less than that. You know, it's funny, and Noam, you'll love this too. So everybody goes on stage last night, and they're very careful with their words. Joanne Ariola, Republican, well, I'm in touch with the governor. Big deal, Joanne. So what? Fact is, if you listen to Curtis Lewa and me, really Curtis, three and a half months ago, we told you this was going to happen. And what did you do? Instead of saying, well, thanks, guys, let me work on it, you said, radio guys don't know what they're talking about. They should be quiet. So you sat around the last three and a half months trying to impress the mayor and the governor with your finger up your ass, and now we're here. And now I'm supposed to be impressed that you're getting lawyers to try to get an injunction? We're a step ahead of you, Joanne. So she she's up there saying her thing, and then you get this, this Stacey Piper Amato. And then Jamie Williams calls me up. And in my best Brooklynese, all I did was yell and scream and curse. I don't want to find a better place for the illegals. I want them out of here. Put them on a plane. Put them on a boat. If it's not Rikers Island, send them home. I am so sick and tired of hearing about where can we put these fine people. Tired of it. Get them the F out of here. And I must have cursed five or six times. So there's a lady by the stage. And I couldn't see her because I was talking. It may have very well been one of our own politicians. And all I kept hearing her say was, he's so disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) And every time she said that, my penis got harder. Of course. Yeah, Yeah. I couldn't wait to say something worse. (laughs) He's so disgusting. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. F you, F the illegals, get him out of here. How does that sound, lady? I don't know. It could have been Ariola. It could have been Amato. It could have been some lady in the crowd. But I got to tell you, it fired me up. That lady, whoever you are, thank you very much. You made my speech even better. And I remain steadfast in my opinion. Get these people out of here. I don't care where you put them. I don't care. Now, if there were women and children, I'd be a little more sensitive. Not much. 
to be completely honest, not much, but a little more sensitive. 2,500 able-bodied males. Hey, how about guys? How about fix your own country? Don't come here and try to screw up mine. Fix your own country. Is that asking so much? Now, Noam, I know you're a, 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 a bleeding heart liberal, so you probably agree that we should take care of these people, but. I will say this. When I passed that hotel that used to be the Milford Plaza, I forget what the name of it is now, yeah. on, on 9th Avenue, and after doing reports all day about the migrants and where they go, and I'll pass that that hotel sometimes, and then you see the little kids out there with their book bags on, and you're like, oh, oh. shut up, Noam. God, no, please, I'm begging <laughs> And you go. Oh, I don't know. You know, no, it no, definitely no, changes place. your mind a little. Get them out of here. Get them out of here. <laughs> I see these little kids on on the Ford train. I try to go down to Wall Street every day, and some little six year old kid is trying to sell me M and M's oh. or watermelon. Oh, all day long. All day long. The mother is like five feet. It's like the bears. Yeah. You know, if if you walk up to a cub, the mother is right there. She's going to kill you. So they get these little kids, and they're cute. They're nice. Yeah. I gave some kid ten bucks. They didn't take one piece of candy. Just gave him ten bucks. His mother was right behind him. He's trying to sell me watermelon with hot sauce on the Ford train. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm like, what is happening to our country? <laughs> Every traffic stop, no matter where you stop in the city, they're walking through traffic, you know, places yes. where, where cars get caught up. No, they're standing in the middle yeah. of, of the toll booths in the George Washington yeah. Bridge. Yeah, yeah. Come on, man. It ain't supposed to be that way. It's terrible. All right. We, uh, we got a huge show today. I mean, huge we got great guests. We do every day. Do you see what MSNBC has up? Yes. Inmate number P0113580. We'll get to that next. Oh my, my friend gosh. Donald Trump, his mugshot, which I must tell you is not nearly as nice as mine. Maybe we'll put them uh, side by side. But they did arrest Trump and take a mugshot, and it's just grotesque. And these folks at MSNBC could not be happier. We're going to talk to uh, Curtis Sliwa. We're going to talk to Lou Giadormino, the attorney, Andrew Giuliani, Joe Tacopina, maybe Rudy Giuliani, and Jamie Williams as well. Going to be a big show. The number is always 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Just another tequila sunrise. And once again, wishing Lou's significant other, the lovely MJ, a very happy birthday. Back on a Friday, right after this. Slowly across the sky, said goodbye. He was just a hired hand, working on the dreams he planned to try. The days go by. Every night when the sun goes down Just another lonely boy in town She's out running round She wasn't just another woman And I couldn't keep from coming on Been so Radio 77 WABC. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC.
Great Elvis Costello. How old Lou Rapino is Elvis Costello today? He's 69. Ooh, he didn't make the 70 uh, cut yet, huh? No, he's a kid. Everybody's been 70 and 80 on this show. Mick Jagger even 80. Happy 69th birthday to Elvis Costello. And once again, happy birthday to MJ. So Lou pointed out on MSNBC, which I wish they didn't put on in these studios, but I can't control it. I'm in the actual radio studio. The newsroom has Fox News and MSNBC. So right now, Joe Scarborough, horrible person, is talking to some black guy. I don't know. It doesn't matter. And it says, the indictment of Donald Trump. And they've been running since the show started 33 minutes ago. At the bottom of the screen, it reads, inmate number p zero one one. 35809 running for president. Or oh, Michael Steele is uh former RNC chair is the guest. The jerk off. I got news for you, Joe and Mika. He's not just running for president, he winning. He winning big. You could arrest him a thousand times and indict him two thousand times. He gonna win. So again. Be careful what you wish for. You guys wanted these indictments. You wanted the arrests. You wanted the mug shots. And how's it going for you, stupid? His donor money continues to increase. His lead over the rest of these envious Republican candidates continues to lengthen. And even people I know that know Trump personally, and I know a lot of them, they deal with him in business. They go, I hate him. He still owes me money for this. He still owes me money for that. But I'm voting for him. I am voting for him because now it's gone above and beyond Trump. It's not about Trump anymore. It's about this could happen to you and me. This is about America. So you would think that MSNBC and CNN and all these morons would kind of pull back just a little bit. But no, they double down. They triple down. And Donald Trump laughs all the way in his limo from the jail back to his airplane. Here was Donald Trump yesterday just after getting his mug shot, addressing the press in Atlanta. This, Lewis, is Donald Trump, cut number 12. It's a very sad day for America. This should never happen. If you challenge an election, you should be able to challenge an election. I thought the election was a rigged election, a stolen election. And I should have every right to do that. As you know, you have many people that you've been watching over the years do the same thing, whether it's Hillary Clinton or Stacey Abrams or many others. When you uh, have that great freedom to challenge, you have to be able to. Otherwise, you can have very dishonest elections. What has taken place here is a travesty of justice. We did nothing wrong. I did nothing wrong. And everybody knows that I've never had such support. And that goes with the other ones, too. What they're doing is election interference. They're trying to interfere with an election. There's never been anything like it in our country before. This is their way of campaigning. And this is one instance, but you have three other instances. It's election interference. 
So I want to thank you for being here. We did nothing wrong at all. And we have every right, every single right, to challenge an election that we think is dishonest, that we think it's very dishonest. So thank you all very much, and I'll see you uh, very soon. And again, according, thank you, Mr. President, to uh, Andrew Giuliani. He'll join me coming up, as he does every Friday at 7.40 this morning. He was with the president just a couple of days ago. And Sergio Gore, who publishes all of Trump's books, Donald Trump back on this show as early as next week. Now, don't forget, next week, I'm only here three days. It is uh, Labor Day week, and I used to take off every day. I used to take off the full week of July 4th. This year, I took off one day. I used to take off all of Labor Day week. This year, I'm taking off two days, just Tuesday and Wednesday. And to be honest, I'm shooting a movie in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. So I'll be here Monday, Thursday, and Friday, and hopefully one of those days, President Trump will, in fact, be stopping by. we got traffic with Lori Blanchard coming up next, and then Assemblywoman Jamie Williams, who was with me and Curtis. It was her event in Brooklyn last night. But right now it's time for the 77 WABC minicast clip of the day. Everything you need to know in under 10 New York minutes. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and get the max out of mini. Listen anytime on our app. Folks, stop with thy heart. Listen to our app. Download our app, the 77 WABC app. Today's minicast is from my man, John Katzenmatidis, Katz and Cosby, 5 p.m. every weeknight. Here, John and Rita talk to my good friend, New York Post columnist, Michael Goodwin. Republican candidates have to step it up to take the nomination from Trump. Give us your assessment of the first GOP debate and who you think is going to make it to the second round, which is in September. In some ways, each of the candidates uh, did well. And if you score it according to the idea that they're vying for second place, this is a race to be the one challenger to Donald Trump in the Republican field. And by that stake, I don't think there was any clear breakout. This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update. Sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com. Find a dealer near you. They're the world's best-built boilers out in the Bronx. The Yankees got back to losing, albeit putting up more of a fight than they usually do in falling 6-5 to to the Washington Nationals in last night's series finale. Washington's Alex Call and C.J. Abrams, I should say, both hit respective jacks off of Tommy Canley in a four-run seventh inning, spoiling earlier home runs from Aaron Judge and Gleyber Torres that gave the Bombers a quick lead. To the Yanks' credit, they did not roll over and surrender in this one with runs in the 8th and ninth to chip into the deficit. Ultimately, though, it was not enough, and they'll take another serious loss into Tampa Bay for a three-game set with the division rival Rays. First pitch for Game 1 is set for tonight at 6.40 p.m. with Garrett Cole scheduled to start against Tampa's Zach Eflin. As for the Mets, they were off last night but set to get welcome or set to welcome in the L.A. Angels for the weekend, starting with tonight's 7.10 p.m. First pitch for Game 1. Kodai Singa gets a start against L.A.'s Patrick Sandoval in the NFL's final week of preseason action. The Steelers beat the Fox 
Falcons last night in Atlanta, 24 to nothing, while the Colts took care of the Eagles in Philly by a score of 27 to 13. Looking ahead locally to preseason action coming up this weekend, the Jets and Giants will go head to head at 6 p.m. tomorrow night in a game that will see Aaron Rodgers under center for Gang Green. Uh, the Jets are currently a six-point road favorites. And college football getting underway this weekend as well. Gnome, or, or Gnome and Sid. It's not the top of the hour yet. <laughs> college football. <laughs> out of habit, Gnome. Out of habit. College football getting underway this weekend as well. you got a couple of ranked teams in 13 Notre Dame and 6 USC in action. Hi, yeah. <laughs> Hello. Good morning. Happy Friday. Navy at Notre Dame. Uh, that's 2.30 tomorrow. San Jose State at USC. That's 8 p.m. tomorrow. Sports sponsored by Pete Morgan of Peerless Spoilers. Go to PeerlessPoilers.com and Tankless.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best built boilers, and I'm Justin Ellick. That was Noam Layden on 77 WABC. If you had an accident, trust Gabu Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabu Law has recovered millions for their clients, and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabu Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. Uno. He's your numero uno. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Hi, it's Cowboys legend Emmitt Smith, and this is See It in the Morning. Let me do that again. Hi, it's Cowboys legend Emmitt Smith, and this is See It and Friends in the Morning on 77 WABC. Oh, and by the way, I am way more famous than See It.
Def Leppard hysteria. That's uh, the case in my neighborhood. They're hysterical. Brooklyn, Rockaway. We'll get to that in a moment. You know, that was funny, that Emmett Smith piece that he did in the studio. Emmett Smith, of course, the great Hall of Fame running back for the Dallas Cowboys. I think he spent two years in Arizona with the Cardinals. But just so happens the Cowboys take on my Giants. Giants and their preseason coming up tomorrow night. Home game against the Jets, the annual preseason Jet-Giant game. Aaron Rodgers is going to play with the Jets tomorrow night. But the Giants open the season Sunday night, September the 10th, the day before the Jets open up in the same stadium on 9-11 against the Bills, against the Dallas Cowboys. And we're going to be there. Me, Danielle, Ava, and Gabe got four great tickets. Pete Morgan, Peerless Boilers. And before the game, Pat Hanlon got me and my family on-the-field tickets so we can walk on the field before the game. You know, one more thing before I get to Jamie Williams. The actual season starts Thursday night, September the 7th. The Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs will be taking on the upstart Detroit Lions. That's the same night as the beautiful cousin Brucie, John Katsimatidis, gala at Cipriani's. So, Justin, how many people will be running out of the party yeah, I mean, to go watch the Chiefs and the Lions? Uh, well, not me. Not yeah, me, you sir. For sure. yeah. You for sure. I mean, yeah, what a night. That, why would you have that on the first NFL game of the year? Exactly. You know what else is funny? That night also happens to be the Trump Rudy Giuliani fundraiser in Bedminster, New Jersey. So there you have it. Big, big night coming up. Thursday, September the 7th. All kidding aside, we're putting on a great party. I can't wait to go. Congratulations to Cousin Brucey and John Katzmatidis. Okay. Uh, my first guest today serves the people of District 59. Once again, Canorsie, Flatlands, Georgetown, Mill Basin, Marine Park, Bergen Beach, Gerritsen Beach. As a proud assemblywoman, her name is Jamie Williams. I had no idea who she was five days ago, but I met her when she showed up in very organic fashion Tuesday night at the rally, me and Curtis, really Curtis put on at Floyd Bennett Field. Last night, Jamie put together a another rally in the parking lot of Toys R Us in Brooklyn, and she invited a whole bunch of politicians, did a terrific job. But just so you know, we actually let her speak on Tuesday because she's on our side 100%. This is not Ariola, Amato, a bunch of, a bunch of nonsense. Jamie Williams actually cares. So, because of that, I invited her on this morning, and it's no coincidence she's coming on right before Curtis Sliwa, who comes on every weekday morning with me at 7.10. So here she is, Assemblywoman Jamie Williams. Good morning, Jamie. Good morning, Sid, and thank you for the warm welcome. Thank you so much. Well, you were great last night, and uh, before I get to last night, really the reason why uh, I have you on this morning, Jamie, is about Tuesday night, because... That was not a political night. It was just Curtis and me and hundreds, I mean, a huge crowd showing up at Floyd Bennett Field. You were the only politician, along with Paul King, you were the only politician that showed up that night. We had made a rule before, the politicians can't speak. We broke that rule for you because we have come to find, Jamie, that of all the local politicians, you care the most. So congrats. Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, as I said, Floyd Bennettfield, that's my area. I represent Floyd Bennettfield and half of Jamaica Bay. And I know your neck of the woods very well, like the back of my hand during Super Storm Sandy. 
And as we talk right now, you know it's pouring outside. So you know what's happening in Floyd Bennett Field right now. It's completely flooding. It is completely flooding, and uh, that's going to be an issue when and if, in fact, there's illegals show up there. So what was your take? You know, you put this thing together last night, and you had Ariola, you had Amato, you had Frank Setio, you had a bunch of uh, very big local people there, assembly people, council people, uh, me and Curtis, of course, we're not politicians, but how'd you feel about what happened last night in Avernikov as well? Of course. Well, you know, this is definitely a man-made issue, right? And as an elected official representing my constituency, I owe my people the right to give them the answers that they need. And guess what? We were totally blindsided. Up to this minute, the governor has not called me. And she keeps changing her words. Well, let me, let me stop you for one second. You, you may have been totally blindsided because you just came to meet me and find out who I am. But I can tell you that on this show, which is number one in New York, number one in the country for News Talk morning shows, I kick everybody's ass. Three and a half months ago, Three and a half months ago, thanks to the hard work of Curtis and Nancy Sliwa, I had Joanne Ariola on, and I told her, they're coming. And she said, I try not to take my information from radio hosts. So we were not blindsided. We've talked about Floyd Benefield, me and Curtis, for three months. I'm just telling you, that's why there's animosity between me and Joanne, because she's basically done nothing for the last three months until this became available the last couple of days. So you were blindsided, but we've known about it now for a while. And, and guess what? And, and sometimes you do have to kick some ass because, I mean, for, for, for her to give a briefing yesterday, right? And to talk, it's, it's a blaming game. She's blaming the mayor. They're blaming the Biden administration. No one is taking responsibility, right? It's a crisis, yes. But guess what? The Biden administration didn't declare an emergency. She didn't declare a state of emergency. So you're going to put these migrants in a residential community, both in our backyard, in my backyard, in your backyard, right? That's the problem. That's a problem. No, you're right. And she, she, official, this yeah. is not about friends in high places. Right. This is everybody should be held accountable. I mean, you mentioned Governor Hochul twice, and uh, to me, she's as guilty as anybody. But I want to talk specifically about the mayor. And I've dined with the mayor a bunch of times. We became really friendly. I mean, I'm telling you, Jamie, really friendly over the last couple of months. Now, I've distanced myself over the last six or seven weeks because I don't like what I'm seeing. And I place a lot of the blame on him because he was the first to say, hey, we're a sanctuary city. Come one, come all. I got you. And he treated these illegals better than Americans. He just did. That's a fact. What's your take on Mayor Eric Adams and whether he's helped you or not during this crisis? Well, first of all, I've been elected since 2016. I can't ever remember asking for an endorsement from a mayor. Um, that being said, um, again, they call it a sanctuary city, and they're putting us in the back burner. Just remember, there are other people who've been in this country, as I said last night, 10, 20 years, paying their taxes, still undocumented. Wouldn't they like working papers? What about the backup? So we can't put everyone else on the back burner to do for, mig- for these migrants that we don't have a clue about. Our children, our families, our community use Floyd Bennett Field. Thousands of people use Floyd Bennett Field. Families are pulling their kids out of Aviator. 
because they are concerned about their safety. My we son. have a Jewish group, yeah. right? We have a Jewish group yes. that does a feeding every single year in September. Rosh Hashanah. Just yeah. Melman. Yeah. Guess what? They shut it down. They shut so it down. They, put... that, that, that's a big night. That's actually, they do that during Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and Sukkot. Yes. Correct. Yeah. So you're, you're taking one humanitarian effort who assists thousands of families in Brooklyn, in Brooklyn, to put against another. And this is what they want us. They want to keep us busy and busy and fighting each other. And last night and even Tuesday night, they need to learn. Guess what? We all came together. We all came together. It's not a Republican thing. It's not a Democratic thing. It's the right thing. We as New Yorkers deserve better. We are not second-class citizens. Well said. So on the way out, Jamie, the question I've been asked the most over the last couple of days, and you got to understand, I'm not a news guy. I'm not a newsmaker. I don't even pretend to be one. I spend a lot of time on this show talking about my family and sports and entertainment. You know, I'm not that guy looking to go out there and create a story. But over the last couple of days, hanging out with Curtis, we have been part of this story. So people feel like I've got information, and I do because of Curtis. The question I've been asked the most the last couple of days is, can you stop it? Joanne Ariola said on stage last night, we're going to stop this. We're in touch with lawyers. We're in touch. And I'm not sure if that's true or not. So let me ask you, Jamie, can we stop this? Well, can we stop it? I know I will try my very damn best to exercise and look at everything that we can to stop it. Whether it fails, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. Guess what? They need to go back and look at the law in 1972. I spoke about this. Congressman Frank Brasco fought for Floyd Bennett Field to make sure it wasn't a place for housing. Now, that's permanent housing. Now, what does the word temporary mean? Is it 45 days? Is it 60 days? We don't know. Would they put up the tent and then when they get flooded, um, take it down? We don't know. So there's a lot that needs to be investigated here. And, as, and we were in a meeting, and they said that the lease was not signed. So probably somewhere we need to drop a little bit of truth serum to, make, to see what's really going on here, because there is no answers to get. And that is why people are totally upset. Well, thank God. You can't blame the New Yorkers. You can't blame us. No, 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 no. Uh, You folks on the ground are doing a great job, especially you. It's uh, been a pleasure hanging out with you the last couple of nights. Jamie Williams, uh, I'm glad I got to know you. I appreciate your fight. I respect your fight. Once again, Assemblywoman out of District 59. She's my Assemblywoman. This is um, Jamie Williams. Jamie, thank you so much. Uh, Keep fighting, and I'm sure we'll see each other again very soon. Thank you. I'm sure we'll see each other on the waterways. Thank you, Sid. (laughs) All right, Jamie, take care. Jamie Williams, Assemblywoman out there with me and Curtis on Tuesday, and she put together that great rally at Toys R Us last night. So what a perfect appetizer for the entree. (laughs) And the entree, of course, is Curtis Sliwa. You talking about kicking ass? <laughs> Keep it here, folks. What's better than a fight on a Friday?
is sit in friends in the morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. John Travolta dancing across the floor. The Bee Gees, you should be dancing. It's always a disco Friday when Curtis Lee was here. Curtis, of course, gets great ratings, big ratings, noon to one on this station every weekday afternoon. Big ratings, doing overnight shows all weekend long, but does his best work, as he would admit, right here with me every weekday morning at 7, 10 a.m. I've had the, really the honor, and I mean that, the honor of being side-by-side with New York's hero, Two of the last three nights, Tuesday night, Floyd Bennett Field. Last night, the parking lot, Toys R Us, both on the Brooklyn side, folks. You have to go over the bridge to get to my side, the Queen side. And it's just been an unbelievable experience. I'm not a protest guy. I'm not a rally guy. Curtis popped my cherry, and I've really, really enjoyed it, being there for the folks. And as I've said, no one gets bigger applause than Curtis. I, I'm second. I'm second. But nobody gets more applause than Curtis. And what a night it was last night. It's a long night and a lot to get to. But let's start with the actual rally. Once again, parking lot, Toys R Us, Flappish Avenue, right across the street from the Municipal Golf Course. You showed up. There were politicians there and others. Your thoughts, Curtis, on what you saw last night. First of all, my favorite morning is always Fridays with you, since you've uh, allowed me to come on Monday through Friday, because I know wrong way Lou Ruffino goes crazy. <laughs> he hates disco. Yeah, he did pick that song himself, though. Yes, yeah, that's yeah. fine, but it, with disdain, with disdain. <laughs> so anyway, we show up. It's raining cats and dogs, and then finally it stops. So the rally is to start at 5, and everyone coming from the Irish Riviera is saying, Curtis, they've closed the bridge. They've They've closed closed the bridge. bridge. So if you try to get from my neighborhood, any one of those Queens neighborhoods, the Ponset, Broad Channel even, uh, Breezy Point, Point, and me, uh, Bell Harbor, you could not get to the rally in Brooklyn. Right. And so for all these rallies. When you say they, you mean the police. Yes. So for all the rallies that we either attend or we host ourselves in, they always send an army of police, like with Black Lives Matter and Antifa, that they never arrested, by the way. They never arrested. And I always have to go up to them. And, I'm not I'm not getting arrested today. Calm down. <laughs> they sent 50 cops who could have been patrolling. You didn't need one cop there. We're law-abiding people. For us, blue lives matter. Stop this nonsense and sending all these cops. Let them go out there and fight crime. And there's enough crime in those areas of Canarsie, Flatlands, Georgetown, the very areas that surround us. Knock that off. Yeah, you saw 50 cops. And then you see me. You say, hey, you know, be easy on the cops. I go right up to the white shirt, right in his face. So why'd you close the bridge? (laughs) They knew what the hell was going on. They got radios, they had communication. They they were being very nice to you. Of course you were being nice. One of the guys even said, listen to you guys every morning. I love you. 
They yeah. need 50 cops here. No, no you're right. That 100%. came from City Hall. That came from Eric Adams. Of course. And, and to close the bridge, I mean, that is a really bitch move. That's a bitch move. Damn right. They think we're all crazy at City Hall, right? But if Black Lives Matter were there, right, oh, you know, treat them with tender love and care, right? No, no, these are law-abiding people. These are people concerned about their neighborhood. These are the greatest Americans we've got in our country today. Anybody in the last couple of days holding an F. Biden sign to me is sent by God. What would you think of uh, Jamie Williams last night? Well, first off, when we had our rally, you know my policy, no politicians. They kill every rally. Nobody wants to hear them. They've gone to rallies before. They are rally killers. RK. And I told you that. So Jamie Williams came. Very nice at first. Uh, one of the people with her said, would it be okay for her to speak? Yes, he said no initially. <laughs> I said no. I told the guy uh, over my Me dead too. body. Yeah. But I know her because she represents the area that I grew up in, the area that you were in. And I know she's a Trini, TNT. And they have attitudes at times. Explosive attitude. So I'm assuming she's going to be uh, huffing again. And she's going to walk. You know, I am. I'm Jamie Williams. Somebody will how dare you. She was very pleasant, pleasing, polite. You were a gentleman. Because I wasn't going to give her the microphone. She come on, Curtis. She waited all this time. She's been saying nothing but nice things. I, I capitulated to you. I mean, you were the host of the rally. I yeah, but, the but, but in all fairness to you, uh, it did not take a lot for me to cajole you into letting her speak. Well, she like, was you still know what? There. Let her go. Let after, her go. after two hours, she yeah. was still there. <laughs> I know, know Trinis. <laughs> I've dealt with people from Trinidad and Tobago. They call them TNT. Boy, they can have an attitude. She gave five minutes. She didn't, you know, typical politician. They want to talk and talk and talk and give you cauliflower. She did five minutes. She was spot on. She stayed to the message. And I said, you were right. I apologized to you, remember, sir? Yes, yes. I said, you were absolutely right. And then she was... By the way, you got to stop apologizing to everybody. I'll, we'll get to that later. No, no, I apologize. Uh, uh, stop apologizing to everybody. My God, Look, it makes things go away. Smartest oh, thing a politician can do. Just stop it. But anyway, please, point you, is... You apologize when you do something wrong. Right. Never apologize when you tell the truth. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. Excuse me. Your latest apology, all you did was tell the truth. Excuse me. Uh, when you've had as many ex-wives as I've I had. I get it. You realize how many times you come home, where have you been? Uh, right? I'm sorry. You know, I went I astray. I, you, I don't lost think, my... you don't think I've said I'm sorry to Danielle a thousand I times? I didn't say so you know what it's like. I know, but you've been telling the truth. Yes. So stop, knock that yes. stuff off. But yeah, I'm, so you let her speak on yes. Tuesday. She was great. But she's really the one, the architect of last night's second rally in Brooklyn the in only, three nights. The only elected official to come up to me. She was the only one. The only one. So I had two. I had her and Inna Vernikov, who yeah. loves me, and I was surprised to see Inna not come up to you. No, no, no. We, we get along. We, we help one another. Yeah. She's, she's on to the case of DACO. And she even told me, she said, I'm on this DACO case. Where's that half a, a billion dollars? Yes. And she said, Curtis Sliwa yes. has been doing a great job yes, with that. Yes. And Project Veritas. So Nancy and Project Veritas, independently of one another, broke this story of how Eric Adams gave this no-bid contract to DACO, $432 million. They never did this kind of work before, housing, food, uh, migrant issues, not at all. It's friends of Eric Adams, and it's kickbacks galore. Now 
They're under scrutiny. Even the Attorney General, Tish James, who only investigates anything with a Trump label on it, is investigating she DACO. Is. Yes. Oh, good to hear. And, and as far as I know, it's not even all those other things. It's just the transportation oh, look, of these illegals. So trust me. They're crooks. You know who the CEO, what his name is? Oh. Al Capone. No, That's it's all not. your Anthony Al Capone. <laughs> Look it up. <laughs> That's funny. And he That's is. funny. You know, there's a guy in my neighborhood. His actual name is Frank Sinatra. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> no, but imagine. I know you know who he is. He's but. a thief. <laughs> They're all thieves. They have their beak in the trap. And Eric Adams and all of his cronies are getting kickbacks galore. Uh, Joanne Ariola, I don't pay her no mind. She's up there huffing and puffing. Remember, she's the one who says, write to Kathy Hochul. Well, Send her yeah. an email. I mean, you know that when I came to New York in 2016... It was my first job in political radio. I've been a sports talk host for 17 years, and she was the one who introduced me to the political scene in New York. She was the one, along with Eric Ulrich mm. and the guy that was uh, the head of the Republican Party who just ran for office against the guy in Buffalo. I forgot his name already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a big Langworthy. party. Langworthy. Yes, Nick Langworthy. Who, who warned you about that? You're right. Well, I she, warned you. Big party, Russo's on the bank. She could not have been nicer. And over the years, when people would bring up Joanne, i go, my friend, yeah. Joanne Ariola, she also did not even look at me last night. Didn't nope. even look at me. No, nope. because she knows that we were the truth tellers. You were. And she claims she got blindsided. They all got blindsided. You know, it's an incestuous world politics. They all know one another. They're in one. They're like washwomen. They know everything. She knew she knew they were coming to Floyd Bennett Field. She knows they're coming to Fort Tilden, too. She knows that. And all they do when they know it's going to happen, because they don't try to stop anything, they figure out who are my supporters that can get their beak in the trough and get these ancillary contracts. It's true. You say contract, I say kickback. 100%. Then, oh, yeah. the real piece of work, she gets up there for Stacy Amato Pfeiffer. You well, know she who was I am. Actually, Amato was up there before Joanne exactly. Ariola. You know who I am. <laughs> you know who my mother is. You know, the queen of mean who stole <laughs> the election from the most honorable man at the rally, Tom Sullivan of the great Sullivan family of Easy point. And Tom, so humble. Didn't say a word. So humble. Didn't say a word. He sat in that crowd, said nothing but the... the, the you know, but Amato got booed last night booed. like booed. Kathy Hochul when she dropped the puck right. before a Ranger game at the Garden. What are you, what are you booing me for? Hey, you idiot. <laughs> a week before you were Breezy Point, the Homeowners Association, and they're saying, you know, Curtis and Sid, they talk about how they're coming to Floyd Bennett Field and Fort Dillon. They're liars. They're mean. You know, my mother, she knows everything. <laughs> and they, she knew it also. Of course. They knew it was yeah. coming. She, I, I, when she they, kisses. When they her, I loved it when they booed her last She night. is up Kathy Hochul's tokus. She knows everything. And they're looking for contracts. I don't trust any of them. And then remember, there was that poignant moment. That's how many lawyers are here, huh? How many lawyers in the crowd? Especially you and I. We know lawyers who are in Marine Park, Milton Mason, Million dollar, mega million dollar, not one. And then who steps up? Frank Sadio to the store. Uh, uh, I got a law firm. And I shut him down. I said, Frank, get out of here. Yeah, yeah, you, you're going to give up all the, the money that you get from City Hall, your law firm. Get, shut up. You actually did do that. And then when he gets up on the <laughs> stage, he's so angry, they turn the microphone off on him. They did. They turned they did. the microphone off on him. Uh, he was pissed, and uh, it took a lot of balls for you to say that. You're like, you, Frank? Who are you kidding? 
You want all that money from the city? Of course. Of course. You see, I know all these people. I I grew up with them. I know, but it's one thing to know them. It's another when you have a set of balls like you have. And the crowd always loves you. But they never go, oh, come on, Curtis, that isn't right. They always love you because they know that in the end, and I even like some of the people you savage. You know I love Anthony Caron. one of my best friends. But they know that you tell the truth a lot of these times. And by the way, so this, this you. weekend you'll be in the hot tub with Anthony Carone. Probably will. you'll have over my husband in law, David <laughs> Patterson. Since uh, you, you got together so well at Chase Stadium, we did, at we City did. Field, but with Pat- Keith Kent, you'll all be in the hot no, tub. No, but we're fighting me and Patterson because oh, I defended true. you. That's true. That's right. True. Me and Anthony Carone were good, but I fight with Patterson. So the, uh, the rally ends. Yes. And, uh, Curtis is kind enough. And, uh, who's your guardian angel, buddy? Arnaldo Salinas. He's been with me for 46 years. He's a great guy. He always drives me. Wherever we yeah. end up. Remember that time you actually picked me up at John Katzmatidi's yes. Ocean yes. Drive yes. apartment? Yes. That's right. Came back from Kerry Gardens. Yes. Great guy. So you guys say, we'll drive you home. It's about a 10-minute drive from the rally last night to my house. And you've been to my house because really eerily, when I was out of my house for six months because of the water damage, you ended up in my neighborhood for some reason. St. Patrick's Day Parade. You took a picture outside my front right. door. That's St. Patrick's Day Parade. I'm there every year. <laughs> I know. So you know exactly where I live. Exactly. But on the way back, you go, we want to eat something. Where should we go? Yes. I said, well, you remember Tuesday night, you met John Mazzola. Oh, the best. He owns La Sorrentina on 129, mm. him and his son, Joseph. Uh, you'll like that place. He said, okay, fine. It's seven blocks away. We'll go. So you made your way over there, and who knew it was even bigger news than the rally? Yes, well, let me tell you, first off, I walk in there. It's a shrine to Sid Rosenberg. Every way you look, it's a picture of Sid Rosenberg. Up on the wall, eye level. I said to John, I said, John, what is this? Like uh, Fatima, you know, the shrine of Fatima in Portugal? Well, to Curtis's point, he's got about 20 pictures on the wall with famous people, yes. entertainers, politicians, Sinatra. There are three pictures of me on that wall, yes. <laughs> So Curtis sends me a picture. He's pointing to one of the pictures of me, and he's got this scowl like Donald Trump had on last night during his mug shot. So that had to be hard for you. Yeah. Not one Curtis Sleewood nope, picture, not one. three of Sid Rosenberg. Although John takes me in the middle. The place was packed. Says, this is the next mayor of the city of Woo! New York. The crowd goes crazy. And then I couldn't sit down for a while because everybody wanted to tell me their Curtis Lewis story. Everybody has a Curtis Lewis story. It was great. You couldn't ask for a better place to go. The best part of the night, though, is outside. This was unorganized. Who do I see? I see Kevin Breslin and his wife, Liz. Now, you know, of course, Kevin, I, I think I brought him up on the show about a 100 times, the son of the late, great Jimmy Breslin. You know, he texts me, I would say, on average, nine, ten times a day. Yes. A day. And you've already seen the text he sent me yes. this morning. Yes. He's a Democrat. I really got to know him through Peter King. Believe yes. it or not. He's very close with Peter. Uh, a Democrat, RFK Jr. guy, but Cuomo very common guy, sense. the Kennedy yes. family, all of that. But he loves us. But first off, this this shows you what he and his wife were like. They parked their car right outside. Brand new Lexus. Arnie goes, wow, what a car. There are two homeless guys outside, down on their luck, you know, drinking. On 129? Yeah, yeah. Ay, yeah. Ay, ay. And one of them ends up falling into his car and scratching the car. No way. Yes. Now, you know, typical guy, especially Supreme Cougine, you know, Kevin goes out there, guy, I know you're down on your luck. He he, he rubs the Lexus, you know, the, the spot. Yeah, yeah. 
He goes, you know, the kids love this guy over here. They know he's down on his head. That showed compassion. You know what? Wow. You don't see that. No. Especially when somebody dents your car yeah. or marks up a brand no, new no, car. I, I would have hit him with a bat. That's right. <laughs> Supreme Coogee. So then we're sitting well, down. Irish, but guys. Right. Sitting down. Well, no, part of town. He is part of town. The mother. Okay. Oh, Calabrese. Oh, oh, yes. Oh, yes. look, I knew Jimmy Breslin, his father. His father came to our aid when Ed Koch was having me locked up every other week. And it was no desk appearance ticket then. Rough ride in the back of the paddy wagon. I get tooled up, wooden shampoos, concrete facials, and they lose me in Rikers Island for a week. Hey, we lost your paperwork. You're going to be here a few more days. His father would come up to our headquarters in the Bronx, says, I'm here to write your story because they're trying to bury you, Curtis. Wow. And he was the man who invented the newspaper column when Jimmy Breslin oh, would best. write it, everybody yeah, would yeah. read it. So he loved you, but he made fun of the Gallo brothers and the gang that couldn't shoot straight. That's that's different. They never retaliated. Yeah. Remember me, I grew up in Canarsie. The Bamboo Lounge was not in Ozone Park, was not in Howard Beach, like Goodfellas said. Right there in Canarsie on Avenue N, and they torched it. And that was the Lucchese hangout of Paul Iverio. Jimmy Burke would come by and all those wise guys, right? Jimmy Burke? Yes. The one that Robert De Niro played in Goodfellas? That's right. They called him Jimmy Conway in the movie. So Jimmy Burke in 1969, the Miracle Mets, right? Right, Miracle Mets, first landing on the moon, Woodstock, the whole nine yards. How about the Knicks and the Jets? Joe Namath, too. He viciously beats Jimmy Breslin in a restaurant. What? Restaurant, oh, yeah. Jimmy Burke did? De Niro's character? The hell out of him almost killed him. Jimmy Breslin defied them and then reported it to the police, and the police did nothing because they were on the take. The man was almost killed by the mob. This was the most popular columnist in America. Wow. And you see Jimmy A Bur- lot of parallels to you. All the Lucases would walk around. Yeah, we took care of that mutt, that scout. You know, they talk like that in Canarsie, right? Yeah, you see what we did to Jimmy Breslin? Any of them, they rat us out. We break their bones and we bury them. This is what they used to walk around. You had the Lucases and you had the Gamble, Gambinos. And never once did Kevin mention any of the movies that he's directed, that he's been in. My favorite, you know, Raging Bull. Mine too. I used to go to El Vagabondo and talk with Jake LaMotta, and I broke everybody, every Jewish uh, heart by saying, you know, he's he's Jewish. His mother was Jewish. He's the toughest man that ever lived. We got along so well. And this guy was in Raging Bull. Hope of Greenwich. I mean, the credits, it never once brought that up. You know Hollywood. You've been with them, right? All they want to do is talk about themselves. Yeah. And his wife, Liz... Equal partners, she had equal say. Sometimes the wife is on the side. I told you about Freddie Ferrer, who could have been mayor. His wife would never let him get in a word edgewise. He was her Maytag. What a dynamic couple. And then they were arguing over what you said when I run for mayor. So here's Kevin saying, oh, you should get an Armani suit, lose the beret. And his <laughs> wife Liz said, no, Kevin. That's who Curtis Slewa is. Right. That's why people love him. It's true. And then when we talked about men and women... I said, women vote, Kevin. Guys talk a lot of trash. And, you know, all of a sudden you say, who'd you vote for? What? Election day? What did it pass? And you look at the wife, and the wife always votes. And in a Trump-Biden household, of which you have many, 
You look at the wife, I voted for Biden. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, a magnificent night, a magnificent couple. Awesome. Just the best. And He's I told me so- right now as we speak. He goes, uh, right now, lighting it up, you and Curtis, you guys are great. Kevin Breslin right there. And it does uh, really conclude uh, an epic week for me. Now, uh, you did talk about doing another rally on oh, Saturday. This is the it's big canceled, one. right? Saturday, that's canceled. The right. big mother of all rallies. Occupy Gracie Mansion. Eric Adams, just back from Israel, is going fundraising in the Hamptons. And by the way, out in the Hamptons, when it comes to get your money, you white crackers, he's, he wants to put a shelter in West Hampton. He wants to send illegal aliens to West Hampton. It's in all the newspapers today. He's saying to the governor, put him in West Hampton. So he's going to come out there. He's not going to call you crackers. He's going to say, hey, we're in solidarity. Some of you schmuck Jews are going to be, oh, you came from Israel. My check doesn't bounce, Eric. You're out in the Hamptons getting wine, dining, and parking lot, and he's sticking illegal aliens out there. It's a shanda. It's who discrets the other. Come, Gracie Mansion, 2 o'clock on Sunday. I'm getting arrested for the 80th time. There'll be others getting arrested. We're taking over Gracie Mansion. The mayor, that liar, said, oh, I'll house illegal aliens. And then the next day, well, they told me I couldn't do it. You know, you got no balls. You're the mayor. You can do it. You're the most powerful elected official in New York. Nobody knows Kathy Hochul. Act like a man. Stand up. You claim you're the general, you abandon your army. I'm Curtis Sliwa. I'm the mayor in exile. I'm the mayor of New York City. Go out to the Hamptons. Why don't you move there, huh? Because you'd rather be there than with the peeps in the streets. Oi. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Seventy-seven WABC. I want a girl with a mind like a diamond. I want a girl who knows what's best. I want a girl with shoes that cut. Yeah, I like that girl. <laughs> Short skirt, long jacket. I want a girl like that. I got a girl like that. My girl, Danielle. All right, great stuff there. Jamie Williams and uh, Curtis Sliwa, two big ones in a row. Big ones. Andrew Giuliani is going to join us momentarily. His dad, Rudy, went through what Donald Trump went through last night two days ago. Rudy may join us today at some point as well. We may get both Giuliani's. Andrew coming up next, maybe Rudy in the 9 o'clock hour. Then we're going to talk to a, an attorney on Staten Island who is trying to stop, stop these illegals from going to different shelters and schools and places on Staten Island and Brooklyn as well. So we're going to do that coming up at 8.10. And then at um, at 8.40 this morning, who's coming on at 8.40? We're going to talk to Joe Tacopina. 
who I spoke to last night. Takapina's coming on at 840, and he's been talking to President Trump a lot with Trump, you know, again, all these indictments and arrests and all this nonsense. And right after Takapina's done with me, he's actually going to a diner or a restaurant in midtown Manhattan, and he's going to meet his buddy, another great Italian man, one of the great all-time New York Mets, Mike Piazza. That's his breakfast this morning, Takapina and Piazza. And it's funny because they announced, the Mets announced, I guess, yesterday or the day before, that in different ceremonies, they're going to retire number 16 from my dear friend Doc Gooden and my other dear friend who was at the Gravesend premiere, the great number 18, Daryl Strawberry. So I spoke to Straw literally yesterday. So we'll be going to uh, those, my family. But uh, Takapina and Piazza coming up later on this morning. So we'll take a uh, a quick break. Once again, Andrew Giuliani coming up momentarily. We'll talk to uh, the big-time attorney, Lou, at uh, at 810 this morning. And, uh, and then we'll talk uh, at 840 to... Uh, Joe Tacopina, Lou Gelarmino is the attorney joining us at 810. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. Singer of the Cure, shares the name of a great Ohio State and Minnesota Viking running back, Robert Smith. <laughs> but this is uh, just like heaven by the Cure. It is pouring outside. Noam, do you have any updates on the weather? When I get out of here at about 10.30 to catch the 11.15 ferry back to my neighborhood, it is may- it going to be raining like this? Well, maybe not as hard, but it's supposed to rain all morning. All morning. Yeah. Oh, it's gross. There's nothing more gross than rain in New York City. I go to my mom's house in upstate New York. I'll be there next weekend for Labor Day weekend. And I love the rain. I hear the pitter-patter on her on her uh, roof, you know. And it smells like green. It's just beautiful. Rain's in New York. It smells like piss. Yeah, it does. <laughs> and all the duty in the street gets smeared everywhere. And I mean, it's just so disgusting. God. I miss this city like I miss a boil on my ass. But my next guest still lives in the city. <laughs> he used to live right next to me down there in Battery Park, which, if you have to live in the city, at least that area is still kind of nice. He does a great show uh, every Sunday at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, ran a great race for governor, and, of course, has a very famous dad. He is my friend Andrew Giuliani. Andrew, good morning, buddy. How are you? You know, did you ask Eric Adams if he could include that in the I Heart NYC campaign? <laughs> 
I love New York City like a boil on my ass. I feel like that can attract you know a couple hundred million in tourist well, dollars. Here's the thing, Andrew. You know I'm honest. I'm sorry. I'm I'm here every day. I love working here. I love the energy, and I didn't mind living in your neighborhood. I actually liked it there, but. You know my neighborhood. You campaigned a lot there last year, and it's it's a great place, and that's part of my frustration. But before I get to the migrant crisis, or like I say, illegals, it has become tradition, Andrew, that when President Trump gets indicted or he's about to get his mugshot taken, for some reason, the day before that, I get a text from you, and you happen to be with President Trump. So does he call you knowing he's about to go to jail or something and go, hey, Andrew, come over, let's hang out? I guess so. I, I don't know if he thinks, uh, you know, I uh, I have bail money because I certainly don't. That's for sure. <laughs> but, but it actually is uh, ridiculous when you think about the fact that I know you've talked about this. The fact that Donald Trump, that Rudy Giuliani have to go in and get mug shots when literally everybody in the Western world, not even the Western world, in the entire world, know what these guys look like. And also think of the fact $200,000 in bail money, and that's going to keep a billionaire from being <laughs> a flight risk? It's nuts. The whole thing is absolutely nuts, Sid. And look, when you've got a district attorney who's out there opening a campaign fundraising site four days before this indictment, that tells you everything you need to know. This is all about politics. This is all about her seeking higher office. And I think when you look at the facts of these cases, I think all 19 defendants have a great chance to get this thing pushed to federal court and then probably outright this minute. I couldn't agree more. But, again, uh, just getting back to our introduced to you, you were with the president just two days ago. He was out there golfing. It was a beautiful day that afternoon, that Wednesday afternoon, when you did text me. How would you describe his mood, his behavior that day, the day before he turned himself in to Georgia authorities? Amazing to say this, Sid, but it really is true. I would say unaffected, completely unaffected by it. And this is the thing that I've seen time and time again with both him and my father, and you know, my father and I, we spoke the night after the debates, that night after he came back from Atlanta, we took about 15 minutes ourselves and just kind of chatted a little bit. And you know, what we had both kind of come to the same conclusion of is that we're so callous to this, that really there's almost no feeling in terms of all this. I, yeah. I know it sounds crazy, yeah. uh, but with everything that we've gone through over the last five, six, seven years, even the fact that you start going through a political prosecution in the United States of America and you see your father having a mugshot, most people would think that that would be a very emotional experience. Mm. Um, I would say the emotions almost didn't even register for me because Mm. it's almost like you kind of think, okay, well, what can I do now to help the situation? What's the best thing I can do to help the situation? And it's probably not a good thing. I probably, you know, this will probably be something that, You know, I have to talk to some people later in the future about in terms of that. But the truth is, you know, I just want to make sure I can do whatever I can to help my father. And I think that's how they view kind of their service to the country. You know, what can I do to make the situation better? Well, one more on your father, then I do want to move to the illegals crisis, because I would give anything today to have you or Lee Zeldin as governor and not this witch, (laughs) this awful witch, Kathy Hochul. But uh, we talked last week about your father needing financial help. And you said, well, listen, Trump is going to put together a dinner. Now, I'm going to tell you something that I've had people say to me, why is he putting together a dinner? Why can't Donald Trump just write Rudy Giuliani a check? I mean, 100000 a plate, how many people are actually going to show up? So there are people that love Trump but are still critical, saying, just write Rudy a check and not with the fundraisers. But, but at least he's doing something. How do you feel about that? 
Well, look, we've had commitments already. Uh, I don't want to tell you kind of where we are because I want to make sure that we get the money in the bank first. As you know, commitments are very different than actually the money hitting the bank. But uh, the donor interest has been very strong for this event in particular and then for the Mar-a-Lago event, which will be kind of smaller dollar, will allow more people to attend and more people to contribute to Dad's fund. Look, as I said last week, Sid, you know, I'm not going to let – uh, the perfect be the enemy of the good on this one. We've seen really good progress the last couple of weeks, and my real goal is to make sure that I can get my father enough money that he doesn't have to have a public defender and sell all mm. of his his home down right. in Florida right. along with the home in New York. So that's yeah. my goal in all this. And kind of what I said before in terms of the feelings, um, I'm not going to let the feelings get in the way of the facts and what ultimately needs to be done in this. There's a mission, there's a goal, and I want to make sure we achieve that mission, we achieve that goal. And the best way of doing that is figuring out what can I do today to help. It just uh, dawned on me this morning, too, that the fundraiser for your dad at Bedminster is Thursday night, September the 7th. So I guess I'm not going to see you, your beautiful wife, and your dad at uh, Cousin Brucey's event, am I? You know, it's disappointing. It was kind of one of these things that got put together last minute because the president's going to be leaving here in a few short weeks to go back down to Florida for the fall and the wintertime. And the only date that was available for both him and the venue, Bedminster, was September 7th. And I I asked a couple of different times if there was another date. I checked even later. There wasn't, sadly. Uh, But thankfully, I'm sure that John will understand. Yeah, of course. Absolutely fantastic, yeah. Yeah. And, and I love coming to the WABC events. The gala last year was incredible, highlighted by your uh, amazing speech about your partner, Bernie. You. That was uh, that Thank was you. a moment that I think brought everybody to tears. Thank you. Uh, and I'm sure this one will be spectacular. I'm sad I'm going to miss it. But uh, the wonderful thing about the WABC family is uh, they're always there for you when you need them most, and uh, that's how John has been, John and Margo both are incredible people and understanding. No argument for me, and uh, they're great people. Just building on the Bernie thing, uh, obviously he's not going to be here this year. We all miss my dear friend, but his wife, Carol, and his two kids will be at the event coming up Thursday night, September the 7th. So Bernard McGurk continues to live on, which is great. I didn't get to talk to you about this, but before we move on, I had a very strange dream about a month ago, and I wanted to tell you about this dream. So I wake up, and I wake up, I'm dreaming, and you, Bernie, my father, and I are all on stage on what appears to be Madison Square Garden, right? <laughs> yeah. We get off, yeah, we get off stage, and for some reason, you know, in your dream, just the way that it is, the studio is upstairs. So you and Bernie are going into studio. So I get off stage first. I kind of go to the side because you're going to go up. My father gets off stage. He's going up to the studio with you. You get off stage. You and I have a big hug. And then Bernie's the last one to get off stage. And as Bernie gets off stage, I just said to Bernie, I'm praying for you. And Bernie responds back to me. He says, I'm praying for you too, Andrew. Right. I think. That would be his response. That would be his response, right? (laughs) With with a smile. And I was like, I need need a soothsayer. I need somebody who can read a dream to tell me what that means. Bernie, I think, is praying for me. He thinks so. No, listen, he loved you, and he loves your your father. So, you know, he's like, I'm okay now. I'm uh, I'm at the pearly gates, and the pain is over. My poor guy went through a year of horrendous pain, and now he is up there, I'm sure, every day hoping for the best for you and your father. So that is actually, that's actually a very prescient dream that you had about our old friend Bernard 
once again, we will celebrate him coming up on that night. So I did mention your uh, your run for governor, and uh, you were terrific. You really were. I thought you were the best of all of them. I've told Lee Zeldin that, even though Zeldin won the primary and had a chance to beat Kathy Hochul. Look, you know I've been out two of the last three nights in Brooklyn with Curtis Sliwa. I don't want these illegals in my neighborhood. I'm not looking for a better place for them. I've got no sympathy for them. Call me a prick. Call me a bad guy. I don't care. I don't want them here. Don't want them. Send them back. Put them someplace else. Put them on Rikers Island. Put them on a boat and get rid of them. If that sounds insensitive, tough. More people agree with me. They just have the balls to say it. So now you got Kathy Hochul. She ain't doing nothing. You know, she's yelling and screaming at the mayor, Eric Adams. He's done less. What is your take on this whole illegals crisis? Oh, it's a complete disaster. It's, uh, you know, the, the, basically this is a problem that has been created by the federal government. So, look, Adams and Hochul are right about that. What they didn't talk about is that Kathy Hochul campaigned on welcoming them. Eric Adams literally went down to Port Authority and gave out welcoming baskets when they started coming in saying, we'll take them, calling the governor of right. Texas a racist. Yeah, but, but so by the way, yesterday, are- right, she mentions the federal government yesterday, Andrew, to your point, here's another opportunity for the governor or the mayor to say two words, Joe Biden, Joe Biden. did she do it? No, instead no. she calls Governor Abbott a bad guy. Are you kidding me? Absolutely, and if they really want help, if they want to actually try to get any help for New York in the next 16, 17 months before November of next year, they're going to have to start calling out Biden directly. They might even have to go down to D.C. and have a press conference or two, because the truth is, unless Biden starts to feel this and starts to feel this politically in other places aside from New York, let's say the Pennsylvanias of the world or the Arizonas or the Georgias, these swing states, he's not going to lift a finger. But if they start seeing that this is starting to register in some of these swing states, then guess what? New York is going to get the help that we're going to actually need. And then you might actually have what really is the solution to all this, securing the southern. And by the way, Sid, not just the southern border. You can talk to Elise Stefanik about this. Yep. The northern border just is becoming bad. a really yep. massive problem as well. And as you know, New York is a border state on the northern border, and we're having some major issues upstate in New York. That's why no matter how many times they indict your friend, and he is your friend, you guys are very close, no matter times they arrest him, mug shots, all that, it doesn't matter because people want their cities back. They want their neighborhoods back. They want to make sure at the end of the week most of their money, at least more than half, is in their paycheck. They want to walk the streets and feel safe and have cops respected out there. So while the Democrats are yelling and screaming about social issues, which I get, look, I'm pro-choice, I get it. That's not why you elect a president to talk about abortion or that nonsense. I don't say nonsense or those types of issues. You elect a president to keep you safe and to make sure this country and you make money. And nobody in the world is better at that than Donald Trump. I agree. And to me, it was amazing the other night in the debate how little the border and how little our border security was actually. Well, how, but how imp- unimpressive for the most part. I'm sick of hearing about Vivek, by the way. Enough of that guy. He hates Israel. I can't stand him. How unimpressive mostly was that crew a couple nights ago? Well, well, to that point right there, right, I thought all of those candidates had some some really, really obvious hits on Vivek. One was on Israel and trying to explain that. You had Nikki Haley, who basically pressed him for a little bit. But as soon as Vivek gave an answer, went right to Ron DeSantis. And DeSantis didn't do anything. He should have stayed on that issue and should have hammered Vivek on it, one, so that way you could hit a surging candidate. But two, also, so that way you could show to Americans that you would be standing with Israel, that you 
back the aid that we end up giving to Israel. But then also on the 9-11 comments, there was no mention of that. I was absolutely shocked. I don't know where these other seven candidates basically are getting their debate prep, but it was really disappointing to see that field. And there's no doubt the biggest winner of this thing. And look, I'm biased, Sid, but I think I could say this even without bias looking beyond that. Was Donald Trump? He made the yep. right decision. I got news I for you. Wanted to see him in there. I got news he for you. He made the right decision. You want to hear this? The biggest yeah. winner was Donald Trump, and this is going to nauseate people. You know who the second biggest winner was? Who? Joe Biden. <laughs> You're probably right. No, I mean You're it. Probably right. That's how pathetic. Yeah. I mean, stupid fat Chris Christie and his uh, shots and whatever. It was a complete nightmare. Listen, you got to tell our friends, and I'll tell them too. I don't want Tim Scott either. Nice guy, super guy. He embarrassed himself that night. He's awful. You gotta, you gotta get a woman. You gotta get these suburban women to vote for Donald Trump. I'm not sure they can do it, but grab Christy Noem, grab uh, Nancy Mace, grab hey, hey, Tulsi don't, don't Gabbard. Grab, grab, be careful you, the way you say that. You grab Christy Noem, <laughs> grab Mace. I'm just saying that might not be the right, the right, right thing. You know, you're right, especially with Takapina coming up in that stupid Bush video out there. But you know what I'm saying? You got, you got to, you have to have a woman on the ticket that's going to appeal to these suburban housewives no yeah i know look sid you got it you've got to put together your binder full of women just like <laughs> Mitt Romney had his binder full of women. by the way just think of the perspective of that could you believe that a presidential campaign 11 years ago got put down because of binders full of women yeah that was like the very first thing that donald trump said and everybody left yep and he said 357 more controversial things than that and Romney's campaign got put down by that. So it's amazing where politics is. Sometimes I just like to reflect and look back and say, okay, where has politics gotten to in the last 11 years? It's amazing to see it. And to end, I guess, a little bit on a so- more sober note and kind of what we talked about in the beginning, it's amazing to see just where our justice system in the United States of America has actually slipped to. You know, when I landed last week coming back from Lithuania, as we spoke a couple times from Lithuania over the last few weeks, I was preparing for my Sunday show, and I, you know, I'm just typing on on my uh, on my iPad, just kind of you know, first line, something like uh, you know, so good to be back in New York. And I kind of stopped for a second. I said, you know, I just left Lithuania, a former Soviet bloc country, and there are no political prosecutions going on in Lithuania. Hmm. I wonder if I'm going to a country that believes in equal justice under law more or less than a former Soviet bloc yeah. country. And I concluded that the U.S believes less in that than Lithuania does. Isn't that I mean, sad? Isn't that sad? And, and that is a perfect ending to this, and that's exactly why Trump needs to win. You put it beautifully, and you're correct. That is a question you should never ask yourself, let alone come to the conclusion that you did, which, by the way, Andrew, was the right conclusion. Uh, great, 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 great appearance. Sundays at 2, you do a terrific job. I love you. Thanks for hopping back on. We'll do it again next week, buddy. Thank you. Always, Sid. Thank you, my friend. My man, Andrew Giuliani, 2 o'clock on Sundays. That was a kick-ass. What a day. Jamie Williams, Curtis Sliwa, Andrew Giuliani. When we get back to start Hour 3, we'll get the news from Noam, but also a big-time Staten Island attorney going to do his best to make sure these illegals don't come to Staten Island and Brooklyn. We'll do that coming up next.
Kid and Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. Hello, people of Maui. I swear to God, this is Bruce Springsteen, Never Surrender. Love this song. And this makes sense on two parts. First of all, Donald Trump is raising money after his fourth indictment, his arrest and mugshot last night. He's putting out merchandise under the name Never Surrender. And also, we're never going to surrender. Me, Curtis, and all the fine folks in all these communities that don't want illegals. Never Surrender, a favorite of Lou's significant other, his beautiful girlfriend, MJ, who was celebrating a birthday today. Happy birthday, MJ. So what Curtis has been asking for days for lawyers in Brooklyn and Queens to step up and try at the very least to stop, even if it's for a short amount of time, the illegals from coming. He's asked, and and no one stepped up. I know all these attorneys. Takapina's going to join me at 840. Nobody stepped up. It wasn't until our good friend from Staten Island, Johnny Tobacco, got involved where we got a guy. I got a guy. I got two guys. This guy I happened to know from Johnny's show. I was on it with him once. He's on Fox News and all these networks all the time because he's a great attorney out of Staten Island, which has become the borough to take care of this. His name is Lou Gellarmino. We're going to find out from Lou whether we can stop this legally or not. Lou, good morning, buddy. How are you? Good morning, Sid. Good to see you. Good to talk to you again. Uh, great, great piece with Andrew. We had his dad on the show last week, and he's always uh, great. And it's it's incredible what he's going through. It's unbelievable what they're going through down in Georgia. He's actually going to join us. So you just spoke to Rudy Justin. Is he going to come on at nine ten? Indeed. All right. So we got Joe Takapina, eight forty, and Rudy. I will. I will. So question number one, Lou, the mayor before he left for Israel, Eric Adams said we would never put a migrant center on a floodplain. Everyone yeah. knows that Floyd Bennett Field is on a floodplain. Isn't there any legal grounds on this alone to legally block Adams and Hochul just on this point? Well, you know, I didn't realize Floyd Bennett was on a floodplain. We're, we're looking into the whole Floyd Bennett thing. We're looking into Fort Wadsworth, which is federal land here, that they would have been discussing on Staten Island. Um, legally, I, I think we have some causes of action that we, we can we can put in as far on the federal cases because those are federal land. So there are different causes of action than what we have to do here in New York City on the New York City cases you know, we got three different avenues going on right now that, that John uh, Tobacco West, Mark and I, that's my partner, Mark Fonte, to look into. We got the Floyd Bennett issue with you and uh, with, with you and Curtis out there. 
We we got Staten Island here, St. John's Villa, which we just filed a uh, a lawsuit for to to to, to get a temporary um, restriction put on it. Uh, we're, hopefully, we're going to have that lawsuit heard in the next 48 hours. And then we have the Randall's Island issue, right. uh, which we're looking into also. Well, you talked about, you know, the federal parks, and I did have former Congressman Anthony Weiner on the show a couple of days ago, and he said, Sid, I don't think they can legally do this. I don't think Floyd Bennett Beale, for example, can be used because it's a federal park. But then, moments after Anthony was on, I brought on Arthur Idala, your friend of mine, who's a brilliant right. attorney, and Artie said, listen, Anthony's right. They really can't use it if it's federal land unless the federal government decides they want to use it. Then they can override that federal restriction and basically do whatever they want. Who's right here? Well, I think, you know, I, I can't go against Artie. I know Artie a long time. He's great. With Joe, is they're, they're fantastic lawyers. But the research that we've done so far, it looks like, at least in the federal cases, that if they have the right overrides, they might be able to alienate the parkland for whatever use they want. I mean, they did pull some shenanigans in the Fort Wadsworth issue here in Staten Island a while ago to declare it parklands. Now they're pulling some shenanigans to try to get it back out of the parklands. In New York City, it's interesting, though. Anthony Ween is right. In New York City, it's pretty clear that they can't alienate parklands and just unilaterally make it anything they want, use it for anything they want. So it, it, it's because it's federal, it's a little bit of a different story. But in New York City, I think we have a real good legal date to stand on as far as alienating Roosevelt Island. We're working on Floyd Bennett. We are. I know you live out there, my friend. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I, it's a shame what's going on out there. But you feel like, because uh, I've been asked this question, it used to be, uh, you know, are the Giants going to win the Super Bowl? Uh, can Carmelo Anthony cover anybody? Those <laughs> Now it's, hey, is Trump going to win, and uh, and can we stop this? And and I don't really have an answer. In fact, gun to my head, I'll be completely honest, not to upset my uh, fellow neighbors. I don't think we can stop it. But it seems to me, between Wiener and Curtis and you, uh, that and your lawyer, that maybe we can. Maybe we can. Well, Comello never could cover anybody. I don't need a lawyer for that one, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I, let me let me just give an example of what's going on out here. Right? We have a high school, St. John's Villa, where they're bringing the migrants. I think they might have did it last night at 1 o'clock in the morning. I haven't confirmed that yet. However, if they didn't, they're bringing them in today or Monday. We got a gentleman that owns a gorgeous, gorgeous house right next to St. John's Bell High School, where they're bringing. I'm talking abuts abut the fence. They're putting 15 outdoor showers. They're building them oh right my now. God. Right next to his house, Sid. <sighs> a million and a half dollar house. He spent his life earned savings building that house, maintaining that house for 20 years. How would you like to wake up every morning on a beautiful day, go out and get the paper, take your garbage out? And you look over, and there's 300 migrants showering oh my 10 God. feet away from you. I mean, that's what's going on. <sighs> you know what? We're hopeful that we can at least put a temporary hold on things. Right. Um, as far as the federal cases, I, you know, again, realize this. It all depends on what judge you get. 
Right. Well, the, well, the good news is that that's true about what judge you get. And I know that uh, Vito Pacello, who's uh, another godsend, your borough president on Staten Island, today at 11 o'clock he's going to speak. And you guys have really led the charge here. And, and that rally that Curtis was at a couple of days ago, arrest number 79, was monstrous. <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, but, but and you guys really, once again, uh, on Staten Island uh, are doing a terrific job. But if you remain somewhat hopeful that uh, the federal stuff you can work with, then that does say a lot for my neighbors at uh, right by Floyd Bennett Field. Yeah, we're hopeful. We're looking into it. Again, these are cases of first impression, right? None of this stuff has really ever been done before. Right. So we have to have a, we have our young associates looking into it. Um, just, just as a side note, Mark and I, we are criminal attorneys. We are constitutional attorneys. But the criminal law field is what we do, and we're representing anybody that gets arrested at any of these protests, pro bono. We've been doing it since the mandates. Anybody that gets arrested for protests, please call us. We will represent you pro bono, no charge whatsoever. Uh, they do arrest a bunch of people. I mean, I know that, for example, on Staten yeah. Island, it wasn't just Curtis. I know Scott Lebedo and 10 others got yeah. arrested. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Curtis's next big rally is coming up outside Gracie Mansion on Sunday. Uh, yeah. Another one of these civil disobedience. He will be arrested. That's a thousand percent true. It'll be arrest number 80. He won't be alone. So all those folks who are saying should call you on Monday morning. Give us a call. We're representing Curtis out here. He called us already. We probably, I think we're representing 10 or 15 of the other people that got arrested already. They've called us. Again, we're doing it all pro bono. We don't want to dime. We just want to make sure everybody gets through this. Well, thank you so much for hopping on. I love you, man. I had a great time with you doing Johnny's show, and I've seen you on TV a million times since, so I'm proud of you. Thank you for uh, helping us with this. This is a great cause, and this is what the people want. I don't care what Hochul and Adams and my local politicians, people like Ariola and Amato say. They couldn't care less. We care, and right now, Lou, you are the people's attorney. So thank you so much. Sid, you're number one for a reason because you are the people's person on the radio. And I mean that. You are thank out you. there for the people all the time. We thank love you out here. Uh, thank you, man. That means a lot to me, Lou. I love you, too. Right, thank yeah. you so much. Right. Lou Gentlemino, big-time attorney out there on Staten Island. Him and his partner, Mark, doing the best they can to at least stop some of these ridiculous uh, illegal centers with temporary restraining orders. Lou, thank you, thank you, thank you. we uh, we got a lot more to come. Ricky Gold's going to stop by. Juice Reel. We got a big preseason football game and two big college games coming up. Then, how about this for a one-two punch? Folks, you're going to want to hear this. Joe Tacopina and Rudy Giuliani, back-to-back, only right here. On Sid and Friends, in the morning, Bruce Springsteen, never surrender. Sid and friends in the morning. What you say? Be just a friend. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC.
Howard Jones. Like to get to know you well. A shout out to a former Nassau County guy. He actually ran against Andrew Garbarino out there for office not that long ago. He's a veteran too. He's a great guy. He moved to South Carolina. Bob Cornicelli. He listens to this show every morning from South Carolina. And my friend Nancy Mace from South Carolina. She was on this show yesterday. She was just on Fox News. And uh, we love the people out there in South Carolina, Nikki Haley, Tim Scott, Lindsey Graham. So good morning, Bob Cornicelli. Again, folks, keep it right here. Joe Tacopina and Rudy Giuliani. Rudy speaking for the first time since his arrest on this program coming up at 910. His son, Andrew, was great last hour. But somebody once said to me, you know what will be devastating to the economy in the United States? Maybe even worse than a Wall Street crash. And that would be if gambling and specifically the National Football League ever won away. And if you think that's exaggeration, hyperbole, maybe ridiculous, you're not paying attention. It's true. The amount of money that is spent on advertising, tickets, memorabilia, merchandise, gambling, there is nothing in this country that is like, the National Football League. I know people gamble on sports all year and baseball, basketball, college football too, but the NFL basically keeps this country in business. I know I know, on a politics station, I don't watch football. I don't care. That's how important football is. And whether you like it or not, millions and millions and millions of people gamble in some fashion. It could be fantasy football. That's gambling. All you're doing is betting on individual players' performances. It's gambling. And people bet the games, of course. Why do you think a guy who lives in Brooklyn buys the DirecTV NFL package to watch the Chargers and the Raiders at 430? Because he's got action. Something. Maybe his quarterback is on his fantasy team. Maybe the 1 o'clock games killed him. He's looking to bail out at 430. Either way, don't ever underestimate the power of the league and what the money means to this country, even if you don't like sports. Well, I love sports, and I have stolen a lot of Boomer Esaias and, and Geo listeners' mornings from WFAM because they know they're going to get sports here, as well as the best political guests and commentary in the country. I've stolen their listeners, and they know this. When football season starts, they're going to get information, and they want that, and they need that. So we came across, you know, Dan Mason is a, is a very, very good friend of mine. And Chad Lopez used to be the president of CBS. And uh, I worked for Dan for many years at WFAN. And Dan's been coming on the show quite a bit. In fact, he's going to sit at my table. And so are you, Ricky, coming up September 7th at Cousin Brucey's event. And Dan started talking to me about this app that he invested in. I go, what are you talking about? He goes, yeah, it's called Juice Reel. And it started with a conversation about a Maryland-Pittsburgh college basketball game. And, of course, we had more conversations. And then I meet Ricky Gold, and it was Dad Steve, big-time attorney, very, very well, nice guy. And we decided to make Juice Reel a part of our football coverage for this season because everybody is looking for more info. They need the edge. Tell them, Ricky, there's nothing worse than waking up Monday morning after a bad week, and figuring out how you're going to pay the guy on Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) That's for sure. (laughs) So here is Ricky Gold from Juice Reel. We're going to do this twice a week, Fridays and Mondays, talk about the big games, give uh, folks some picks, maybe some information. 
But quickly, in the next 60 seconds, if you can, summarize, give me why Juice Reel is an app that every person who participates in some type of gambling fashion needs that app. Well, first off, Sid, thanks for having me on. you got You're a welcome. great show. Thank you. Uh, Thank it's you. great to be here. Thank you. Thank so you. Juice Reel, in its simplest form, is a free sports betting tool built to help sports bettors well, be bet careful. better. It's not free. Because uh, I try to get picks on, and they charge me nine dollars. <laughs> Am I right about that? Well, you're right about yeah. that. If you want, if you want picks from our, our AI bot, uh, that's nine dollars. But the right. app itself is free. First thing you do on the app is link in your sports betting accounts, so your DraftKings, your FanDuel, wherever you bet, and all your bets load into our app, and we give you analytics on yourself. Uh, you know how you're doing on straight bets versus parlays and teasers. Now, do you also, that's awesome, but does it also say to you, hey, the last six times you bet the Cubs, you lost five of those games. Do they actually start to break down, like, individual teams and trends and that type of thing? Definitely. You know, we show your best teams, worst teams, most frequent teams. But I think what really gets interesting is how we use, with every all of our users connecting in their sports betting accounts, we've got tons and tons of data on all of our users, and we use that data to help all of our users bet smarter. That's unbelievable. This has got to be the first of its kind. It, it, it is, and it's we're helping our users analyze sports bets in a way that's never been previously possible. Now, you went to Florida, great school. Uh, my son Gabriel is already talking about going to Florida. He wants to be a Gator. Go Gators. You're a handsome kid. Your father's a big, powerful attorney in New York City. But how does a guy come up with this? How geeky do you have to be? Because you don't look like a geek to sit in your college dorm room or something and decide I'm going to build an app based on sports analytics on gambling. It's uh, you know uh, you mentioned my dad uh, growing up with him. Uh, I've been watching uh, sports sports yeah. betting since probably the day I was born, and probably a couple of rough Tuesday mornings. <laughs> a couple of rough Tuesday mornings, but yeah. nothing like a good Sunday night. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll talk more about the app when you come back again on Monday. Every week we'll fill in people how to do something on the app which makes their betting life easier but quickly got about a minute a minute to go uh three big games coming up this weekend locally the jets and giants they do play during the regular season they only play about once every four or five years they're going to play week eight this year after the jets bye week it's a giant home game this is also a giant home game coming up tomorrow night and jet fans will see aaron Rodgers behind center for the first time as of right now the jets or a six-point road dog in new jersey what about this jet giant game coming up tomorrow night yeah, you know, preseason football, always a little bit of a crapshoot. But, I mean, the Jets, uh, you know, with hard knocks being there, maybe they show up today uh, on for the game and win. So you think the Jets are going to cover the six points, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I'm hoping so. Uh, oh, you take? Did you take them? I did not take them, at least not yet. Uh, preseason's tough. I've, I have dabbled well, this, in it a little bit. But this is bit. the one week. If you're going to bet preseason football week three is the one week you should do it because that's where the starters, starters get the most. In, right, yeah. right. It's kind it, of a dress rehearsal. It, exactly. Right. So exactly. if you're going to bet any week, you may as well bet this week. Any of these college games, you got uh, Notre Dame and USC both in action tomorrow. Yeah, there's uh, two college games that that look good on the the data side. The over 49 in the the Notre Dame game. A lot of uh, you know the top performing users in our app are betting them, and a lot of the worst performing betters are taking the under. And oh, so really? And so that's got uh, that's oh, that how, is great uh, data. <laughs> <laughs> over 49 Notre Dame and Navy, and anything on that USC game against San Jose State. 
Uh, yeah, uh, we like San Jose State uh, for the exact same reason. A lot of the top betters are taking San Jose State, and a lot of the the wow. bottom betters are taking USC. Interesting, because you can get thirty one with San Jose State in some yeah. places. Uh, last thing is every single sports book out there, even your local bookie on the corner, is every single sports book out there. Are you capable of of uh, getting into that book? And recording all that data? Yes, just about every, just about anywhere you can bet, you know, Bookie, DraftKings, FanDuel, Barstool. You, you can connect those accounts and all your bets will load in and all that's free. Awesome. So one more time, give people the URL. Uh, it's Juice Reel, Juice like Orange Juice, Reel, R-E-E-L. Um, and uh, it's a free app on the App Store and Google Play Store. Great job, Ricky Gold. Again, he likes the Jets. He's telling you to take the over. In Navy Notre Dame, he's telling you to take San Jose State plus the points against USC. Juice Reel, that's where you go, folks. Get the app today. It's free. Juice Reel, and we'll do this every Monday and Friday to help make sure you guys make some money this football season. Thank you, Ricky. Thank you, Sid. All right, pal. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. It's a very sad day for America. This should never happen. If you challenge an election, you should be able to challenge an election. I thought the election was a rigged election, a stolen election, and I should have every right to do that. As you know, you have many people that you've been watching over the years do the same thing, whether it's Hillary Clinton or Stacey Abrams or many others. When you uh, have that great freedom to challenge, you have to be able to, otherwise you could have very dishonest elections. What has taken place here is a travesty of justice. We did nothing wrong. I did nothing wrong. And everybody knows that I've never had such support. And that goes with the other ones, too. What they're doing is election interference. They're trying to interfere with an election. There's never been anything like it in our country before. This is their way of campaigning. And this is one instance, but you have three other instances. It's election interference. So I want to thank you for being here. We did nothing wrong at all. And we have every right, every single right, to challenge an election that we think is dishonest, that we think it's very dishonest. So thank you all very much, and I'll see you uh, very soon. Thank you very much. That's my guy, President Donald Trump, right after he was arrested and took his mugshot in Georgia last night. By the way, I do want to send a shout-out to Marty Feeney, former homicide detective living in Queens. You know the tragic story about his daughter, Adrian. In honor of his uh, late daughter, his family opened up this terrific Italian restaurant in Broad Channel, Adrian's, and he was kind enough to invite me and my beautiful wife, Danielle, tonight for dinner. And we are looking forward to uh, going there and spending time with Marty, his wife, Karen, and the folks in Broad Channel. So thank you very much, Marty. I know he's listening right now, big Trump guy. But that is uh, Donald Trump, and uh, Trump has put together a great team of attorneys, a dream team, if you will, but the best attorney he's got, and quite frankly, the best attorney in the country, in the world. And yes, I'm a bit biased. He's my friend since Polly Prep for 46 years, but you don't get the type of clientele that Joe Tacopina gets unless you're really good. So with that said, here he is, Theo's grandfather. Joe Tacopini. Theo's grandfather. That's a new, never heard that one before. That's 
<laughs> now, Sean Hannity is not going to introduce you as Theo's grandfather, is he? No, Sean would never do that, but you're my brother. You know, that's <laughs> a little different. You're family. Well, thank um, you. Hey, listen, speaking about Theo, before we get there, I just want to let you know, I, I, I was watching, you know, I follow you on Instagram and, and listen to your show regularly. Thank you. Um, and I, I saw and heard about that great rally at Toys R Us and all that. I, I just want to tell you, I have a client who also had a rally and didn't wind up going so well for him. So just be careful. <laughs> oh, God. And, you know. uh, yeah. You're talking about the guy from January 6th? Yeah. That yeah. Guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Toys yeah. R Us on Papa Shaman, who not as, uh, not as bad. Not as, but if you break in and feel like, I don't know, like a Pokemon doll or something, I mean, you know, it could be bad. <laughs> right, you're right. Uh, that place has actually been closed uh, for years. But, uh, yeah, but no, you're right. Listen, uh, Curtis Sliwa is going to uh, put together a protest at Gracie Mansion on Sunday, and he's already he's guaranteeing 1,000% he'll be arrested. When he gets arrested on Sunday, Joe, that'll be his 80th arrest, 80 so what you're saying is, Joe, wow. these guys do That's get arrested. Cool. Tell Curtis I'll have my phone on standby. I'll be waiting for him. <laughs> you guys got some reception. You and Curtis last night. Wow, that was pretty cool. Oh, uh, thank you. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Both you guys. Thank yeah, that you. Was great. Yeah, they did. They that went. They went great. wild. We actually did uh, two rallies in three nights. Joseph, Tuesday night, Floyd Bennett Field, Flappish Avenue, Brooklyn. Last night, Toys R Us, Flappish Avenue, Brooklyn. Not far from where both of us grew up. You, of course, yep. Bedford Avenue, Me Quentin Road. So. It um, it was terrific. So thank you for uh, starting right there. And I did mention Theo because I know your beautiful daughter's home and your grandson in from London. They live in England, and uh, Olivia's got something big going on this weekend. Yeah, all these, uh, all this nachos. This is Tisha's time to shine. This is her party thing. I mean, she's got all her family coming. The whole crew. Uh, Theo's, you know, christening is is tomorrow. Um, and, and Olivia graduated magna cum laude from Fordham, which is to me shocking that one of my kids would graduate magna cum laude. I, mean, <laughs> I was mad. I graduated magna cum barely. And, and you know, it's like, it's unbelievable. She's a genius. I'm so proud of her. And so it's going to be a great day tomorrow for both Theo, who's, I sent you pictures that it's, oh, he's it's, gorgeous. It's adorable. He yeah, is gorgeous. Really is. And it's, and you're such a big, strong, hulking guy. And he's a little boy. And you show me the picture of him, you know, you're, you're holding him. And uh, to, to think that one day he may be like you, like a big guy, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. like same thing with me and my son Gabriel. It doesn't make any sense, but he is a gorgeous little boy. And yeah, I'm happy for, for all you guys. So Mazel Tov on all the great family stuff. Now we got to get to Trump. Uh, yep. The mug shot last night. I know you spoke to him. I know that uh, you speak to him all the time. In fact, if it was up to him, I think you'd live with him. But <laughs> you can't do that. Uh, what are your thoughts on all this President Trump I call nonsense? It's, you know, listen, it's, it's, it's really getting to the point now where you don't even know what to say anymore. It's, it's, it's becoming, you know, something that is so surreal that we never thought we'd see this. Look, I always say tough times don't last. Tough people do. He, he fits into that category, obviously. Um, he's going to have to go through this, but it's, it's, it's something that I never thought I'd see. These cases are, are, are stretches and reaches from every, every angle. I mean, you know, I've listened to some of his quotes on this. I mean, it's going to be really tough for them to prove election interference if he truly believed the election was stolen. And he, I'm telling you right now, he truly believes the election was stolen. So this is going to be a, a really an interesting, you know. Well, can I stop you for a second? Because I know you yeah, respect man. and love this guy as I do. He's on my show every Thursday, and his name is Judge Napolitano, who has said beautiful things about yeah. you. And, yeah. and and he keeps telling me that 
two of these four indictments, number two, which is a document uh, case, and this one, they have teeth. And he really thinks that it could be trouble. I'm like you. I'm like, how? He really does that. So, so why does Judge Napolitano think two of these four indictments have teeth? I don't see it. Because I'll tell you why. And Judge not wrong. First of all, let's not poo-poo this. I mean, there are four indictments against one man. I said, I gave you that trivia question last week or a couple weeks ago. What do Pablo Escobar, John Gotti, El Chapo, and John Dilger have in common? They've never been indicted four times. Wow. I mean, you know, <laughs> President Trump, four indictments in six months. Uh, I don't I don't know if that's ever happened to anyone in the American justice history, I swear. So so why he what Judge Lampantano is saying is that look, the odds of beating four indictments, two of them being federal, are really uphill battles. And they it's I, you know, the odds are not good. The odds are not good. Except this is completely different. This is a, a situation where it's a polarizing situation where the indictment is seen by many as weaponization of the the justice system for political gain by others it's seeing as a day of reckoning you know it's it's so you're not this is not you can't analyze these four indictments as regular cases you just can't because there's so much more to it that meets the eye look the documents case let me stop it up a second so so can you can you go into court for like the fourth one and go hold on a second and i have no idea i may sound like an ignorant fool here that's why you're here can you go listen I know the, the, the specifics of this case, but if you look at this cumulative, and I include the last three indictments, isn't it clear at this point this indictment is part of what's become a quote-unquote trend? Can you do that? Or? Yeah, yeah. It, you know, you can make that motion. It's called selective prosecution, and, and, and you know, you can make that motion before the court. That's not a jury argument, Said You'll be shut down by right. the court right. if you go to a jury and say, look, he has three other indictments, and they're piling on. It's political. You, you, you can't argue that to a jury. A judge will shut you down. We'll, we'll pro- prohibit that argument. You can make that in pretrial motions. I'm telling you, those motions are coming in every one of these cases. Um, in every one. I mean, the documents case, you can make that selective prosecution argument proudly and, and loudly because you could say, why wasn't Hillary Clinton prosecuted when, you know, her, her, her server, you know, hard drive was, was bleached out? When when she sent classified documents over personal emails, why wasn't she prosecuted? I mean, well, you know, but, but, and while you mentioned Hillary Clinton, can you make that same argument in this latest case, the Georgia case, Joseph, when, in fact, both Hillary Clinton, Stacey Abrams and other Democrats, they challenged elections. Once again, Hillary Clinton could be part of Trump's defense with this one. She challenged the 2016 election. She said uh, the 2000, that, that he stole it. Correct. You know, and, and the, the, the distinction is going to be that the prosecutor is going to make a distinction. The distinction is going to be but he acted on things he knew were false. Now, again, this goes back to his state of mind. If he did things knowing they were, were false, knowing that the election wasn't stolen, yet try to get voters to be unearthed, to support the notion that the election was rigged or stolen, well, you know, that's a problem, Okay. But understand this, if he truly believed that the election was stolen and he went out there and said, can you find me votes? He didn't say create votes or manufacture votes. Can you find me the votes? I know they're out there. There's no way this election wasn't rigged. I'm getting all this intelligence back from people. So, you know, that's that's the difference. Hillary Clinton, the the distinction there is, and listen, I'm no Hillary Clinton fan at all, but the distinction there is simply this. She said it. She said it. She didn't have a squadron of lawyers out there. 
you know, going into courts, filing documents. She said it. She believed it. Whatever. Um, it's a different story. But again, it goes back to his state of mind. You cannot be criminally prosecuted for something that you believe to be true if you're acting on it. Look, in theory, you could argue that, and they will argue, that he was protecting the American public, the Constitution, um, by, by ensuring that the election was not rigged or stolen or fraudulent. And that's something that's in the national interest. Believe me, it is. So, you know, it, 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 it is what it is. Oh, cases are clear-cut cases where you're going to wind up with a conviction. And that's that's something that, you know, while Judge Napolitano is right, when you have four indictments, two of them being federal, odds are not good you're coming out unscathed. 91 felony counts against them. But this is different. This is not – you cannot apply normal analytics to this case. We've never seen this in this country's history before. When you say come out unscathed, let's talk about worst-case scenario. I guess – one of these, two of these, he can go to jail. He's not looking at a life term, so he goes to jail for a month or three weeks, and uh, his vice president serves the country. He comes right back out. Uh, maybe another one is uh, money. You know, he's fine. I don't know. So even in the worst-case scenario, if he doesn't go unscathed in all four, is there any possibility that would really preclude him from running this country? I don't see that either. Well, that's not worst. Worst case scenario is not a few months in jail coming out. Worst case scenario is several years. Yeah, but there's no chance. Come on, there's no chance of that, right? Come on, come on. Well, I, I I agree with you, Sid. I do. But we'd say worst case scenario is a Georgia case, for example. For example. Now let's look at the dynamics, right? Because that's important too. In the Florida, the documents case, he's in Florida, in a in a in a district that has been friendly to President Trump, with a judge who seems to be more sympathetic to President Trump. Right. He appointed her. Um, in the Georgia case, you're in Fulton County, not a Trump-friendly county. <laughs> no. You have a prosecutor who's made it clear she hates him. Um, you know, that's those things matter. They matter. I mean, you know, there's a reason why, you know, he, him being indicted in New York on that ridiculous hush money case is, is you know, while it should be dismissed on papers, it should never get to a jury. And if it does, a jury should laugh at it. The problem is. You're in a county that nine out of ten voters will, will despise him, and and that's not fair. You know that's we're starting out with one foot in in the grave. So you have to be you know careful because if he's convicted in the Atlanta case, for example, say he's convicted, I, he won't be. But say he's convicted, five years is the minimum. Five years. Oh boy, not five months. Right. Right. That's a long time. No, you're right. That's uh, all right. That's a scary proposition. But again, I. Uh, I'd be sh- I'd be shocked, but who knows? I want to move on from uh, Trump to uh, some of your other celebrity clients because you've got a load of those. And uh, one of those is uh, Aesop Rocky. For folks who don't know, Aesop is married to the lovely Rihanna. In fact, Rihanna just had her second child. You may remember she was very pregnant during her Super Bowl halftime show last year. Just had their uh, second kid. I believe all that takes place in Los Angeles next week. What is the latest with that? What we're doing some preliminary hearings right now. Well, you know, Rocky's got a, a serious case, a case that is is there's a great defense. He is innocent. There was an extortion at play with someone trying to get money from him as usual. You know, hanger honors and whatnot. Well, what did they? Um, what, what did they? Uh, what did they claim? What did they, they claim, say? They claim that this guy alleged Rocky shot him and tried to kill him. And it's and he has a scrape on his knuckles. And there's a video showing him beating the hell out of some kid. Who was Rocky's friend? So this great. Is, is there any? Is there any proof? A uh, piece of paper from a hospital about a gunshot wound? Oh, of course not. The guy has scrapes okay. on his knuckles. But but 
more than that, there's evidence, and I don't want to repeat it, say it here, because it's going to come out in front of the jury, and a lot of people are going to be surprised, including the prosecutor and this witness, and I call them witness with, if you can see, I'm making air buddies with my fingers, um, you know, <laughs> that, that are going to show that he committed crimes, the witness committed crimes in order to try and fabricate the case against Rocky. Wow. We're going to bring that. And so one or two things are happening here. This district attorney's office is going to dismiss this case. Well, we're going to bring this to trial, and bad stuff's going to happen because they're going to see that they were duped. They were duped by someone who's trying to capitalize. And I have hard proof that this individual was trying to get rich quick on Rocky's back. And if he didn't, he was going to the police. Wow. And that's, you know, that's, and I say hard proof, so, you know, I don't play around with that. No, no, no. That's no. what we have. So it's going to look, again, it's a trial. He's facing real time. God forbid if convicted, but he won't be. Um, you know, they just had that their second baby. I mean, they're a great couple. Okay, <laughs> they're really. It's a, he's a spectacular guy. Said he's a, a terrific person. Um, she is amazing. Obviously, you know, I had the, the pleasure of missing every Super Bowl party on Saturday night before the Super Bowl that I was invited to to sit and babysit in their house. Oh, it's in funny. Arizona in the desert. Wow, no kidding. I didn't know that. That's great. That's yeah, cute. I did it with Rocky Rihanna the night before the Super Bowl. And that's I thought awesome. I was lead to go to one of these Super Bowl parties I was invited to. Apparently, great Mike Rubin, you know, had one and, and all that. And they asked me to just hold on to the baby while they were getting that's that funny. Their hair done. And I wound up, you know, holding on to the baby for quite some time. So I was there until, you know, I... Uh, the middle of the night, but it was it was great. It's a great experience. They're, they're great people, and they're going to be okay here. I don't love. I don't not say I love. I don't know him. I should say I love her. I'm a huge Rihanna fan. I'm a huge fan. Uh, so my so much Danielle and the kids, but I don't know much about Aesop Rocky. But I know he's got the right attorney, so everything will be okay. And finally, you know, I was talking to Daryl Strawberry yesterday, and it turns out the Mets have decided to uh, give two separate ceremonies. I guess retiring number sixteen for the great Doc Gooden. And number 18 for man straw, Daryl Strawberry. And talking about uh, these great New York Mets, it turns out that as soon as you and I hang up, you're on your way as we speak right now to a guy that was equally as good as any of those guys. Maybe the greatest Met offensively ever, and that is our friend Mike Piazza. Takapita and Piazza, this is why Columbus Day is alive and well. <laughs> We're going to go, Mike, Mike and I are going to have breakfast under the Statue of Columbus to make sure they don't take it down in, in, in Central Park. Now, I know you guys, you know, I, 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 know, I know that he owned, used to own a soccer team in Italy. You still own a big-time soccer team in Italy. Is that where you guys became close? It, we, we became closer. Yes, it was a bonding experience where, like, I have, you know, 15 years of experience in that world. Mike was a, sort of a, a newbie. And so I did what I could do to help him get through a very, very difficult sort of, uh, yeah. uh, sort of, you know, career path, yeah. which is Italian football, which is not for the faint of heart. You know, Mike Piazza is, aside from being literally the greatest offensive catcher in the history of baseball, and that says a lot. You're talking Johnny Pence, Josh Gibson. You know, those numbers he, he put out, Carlton Fisk, are insane. Yogi okay. Berra. He is Yogi Berra, of course. Um, he or Campanello. Let's not forget the Brooklyn Dodgers. Yep. going to go there. Yep. Um, but, but, but Mike is just the nicest guy yep. you could ever meet. I agree. He's a legitimate, he's a Hall of Famer, superstar. He walks around like he works in Dunkin' Donuts. I mean, he is the nicest human being. There's no diva about him. Nope. Yeah, he's a smart, smart dude. Yep. And he's living in Italy, basically. You know, he's the head coach of the Italian national baseball team. He spends most of his time with his family, his beautiful family, in Parma. 
Um, he's back and forth in the city and, and Miami, but he's he's a terrific guy. He's so he said to me, I said, Mike, why are you in the city? Well, nothing. We're at breakfast. Why are you in the city? He's like, I'm doing some stuff for the Mets. I said, Well, the only thing you can do for the Mets is play. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, there's nothing else we need you to do for the Mets. <laughs> so just funny. play. Yeah. I mean, that is such no, a, sure. I would I would take all three of those guys back right now. Piazza, Doc, and Troll. No, listen. I got to know him. I got to know him very well. When he was a star with the Mets, I was at the fan. And uh, he was on with me and Beningo often. Um, and I've, I told you, when I first got to New York, he would show up late at WNEW Studios and sit with Eddie Trunk and play, like, uh, metal rock music at 5 o'clock in the morning. He's a super guy. And, of course, all those accolades are true about his offensive talent, Joseph. But for me, he became the postseason face of 9-11 because his home run that he hit will be Etched in New York uh, law forever, every man, woman, and child in this city who were devastated after 9-11 cried in joy when our mutual friend Mike Piazza hit that home run. To me, that's bigger than anything ever accomplished on the baseball field. Yep, and that's Mike. That's Mike in a nutshell. You know, he walks around like an average guy, but he's done things that are, you know, etched in, in this nation's memory for yep. a sports fan, yep. sure. Um, forever, just forever. So yeah. it's uh, it's great. I'm, I'm excited to, to see him, and that's again terrific, yeah. terrific dude. By the way, I think his last year with the Mets, he made twenty three million. Make sure he picks up the check. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fact, Omar. That's prearranged. Hey, listen, have fun. I love you. Another great, great, great conversation. You're great on the air. You're better off the air. And uh, we'll talk again over the weekend. Congrats on everything. Say hello to Mike. I love you. Okay, brother. Love you, too. The great Joseph Takapina, ladies and gentlemen, the best defense attorney in the world. We will uh, take a short break. What's better than that? Joseph Takapina and Mike Piazza having breakfast this morning. Rudy should go. Another great Italian. Takapina Piazza. I know he's a Yankee fan, Rudy, but how about Takapina Piazza and Rudy Giuliani? We will talk to the aforementioned Rudy Giuliani. Still my hero, folks. I don't care what you do to him. He's my hero. Rudy Giuliani's coming up after the news. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. Georgia, and I'm feeling very, very good about it because I feel like I'm defending the rights of all Americans, as I did so many times as a United States attorney. People, people like to say I'm different. I'm the same Rudy Giuliani that took down the mafia, that made New York City the safest city in America, reduced crime more than any mayor in the history of any city, anywhere, and I'm fighting for justice. I have been from the first moment. I represented Donald Trump, and it is a man who has now been proven innocent several times. I don't know how many times he has to be proven innocent, and they have to be proven to be liars, actually enemies of our republic, who are destroying rights, sacred rights. They're destroying my right to counsel, my right to be a lawyer. They're destroying his right to counsel. It's not accidental that they've indicted all his lawyers. Never heard of that before. In America, all the lawyers indicted. Now, whether you dislike or you like Donald Trump, let me give you a warning. It's going to come for you when the political winds shift, as they always do. Let us pray that Republicans are more honest, more trustworthy, and more American 
and these people in charge of this government. Because if our government is conducted this way, and the system of justice is politicized and criminalized for politics, your rights are in jeopardy and your children's. Donald Trump told you this. They weren't just coming for him or me. Now they've indicted people in this case. I don't even know who they are. These are just regular people making a normal living. They're going to bankrupt them. They won't convict them. Georgia. Georgia. The whole day through. Just an old sweet song. That's my guy, Rudy Giuliani. I sent Rudy a text yesterday. I said, Rudy, I love you. F Georgia. F Fanny. F them all. I still love you. Three o'clock every afternoon on this station. He's still America's mayor. And uh, you heard him. Indicting all the lawyers. What have we come to? Here he is, my friend Rudy Giuliani. Rudy, my man, how you holding up this morning? I'm holding up really well. I mean, this is uh, energizing in a way. Uh, you can feel it with uh, with President Trump, and I have very much the same feelings. We have something to fight for, something to live for, something to battle for that is very meaningful. You know what's funny, Rudy, is there are so many people out there that love you. And uh, from all different walks of life, you know, you mentioned that uh, you're not afraid and, you know, you took down the mob, basically. And I had a guest on yesterday who you know very, very well. Uh, your RICO Act is the reason why he went to prison, and his name is Michael Francis. And only talked, oh, sure. yeah. And he was on my show yesterday, and he talked less about the Colombo crime family and more about you and what an honest and decent man you are. Did you ever think you would see that day when mobsters were on your side? No, I, I, I tell you, that's been going on for quite some time, and when it first happened, it surprised me. Gosh almighty, um, Dr. Maria and I were out in California about three years ago when we met a guy I put in jail for 32 years. <laughs> and he walked up to me and, and he thanked me for changing his life. He's become very religious. He's a minister now. Wow. Uh, uh, he went through the – he was involved with uh, Nikki Barnes and, and Frank James, you know, in that, in that – uh, the the uh, the black groups that used to work with the mafia, very cooperative. Well, actually, uh, Frank James is a character that Denzel Washington movie played in that gangster movie that was selling heroin yeah. in the Bronx. Yeah, I don't know if you know this, but he endorsed me for president. No, he didn't. <laughs> did he really? He did. Oh my! He God. did. My campaign manager said. My campaign manager said, "Can we do away with this one?" <laughs> You're kidding. You know what? You know, you know who he got. You, you know who he got busted. Frank James, of course. You know. He was at that fight at Madison Square Garden, and yes. Frank Sinatra yep. walked by him, and he was wearing a mink coat. Yep, 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 yep. Unbelievable. <laughs> so all the these guys they, all these guys love you now. And Joe Tacopina was just on the show uh, right before you, and he said, if Rudy needs any help, have him call me. I mean, people are telling me they would do it pro bono, but the truth is, if you're a lawyer, and you're waking up this morning like Joe Tacopina, like my beautiful wife, Danielle, and you're out there defending your clients... And you have now come to the realization that doing your job, just defending your clients, can get you arrested. How scary is that? It's very, it's very scary. And and what happens to these things is they'll uh, for, first of all, right now, any anyone supporting, working for, advocating for Donald Trump will be looked at criminally by the FBI, the Justice Department, the IRS, 
one of the Bidenista agencies. Number two, these practices then seep into, they become part of the way they start acting. They start to think it's okay to listen in on lawyers. It's okay to go into their offices. It's okay to do these things. And that's how this deteriorates. It's a little bit of, you know, uh, the broken windows theory in the other direction. Things can start slow and then go bad uh, really, really uh, significantly. And we're not starting slow. I mean, to crash down the rights of a president or ex-president, his lawyer, his chief of staff, and, and get away with it. I mean, nobody's even really commenting on it. What they did is unprecedented. Even, even when they went and took my iCloud account without telling me on the day that I began representing Donald Trump and spied on me for three years. Now, think, think of this. They found no crimes in those three years. They don't have a single thing from that iCloud account that I did wrong. They took my business records for 20 years. They raided my home. They raided my law office. And they wrote a letter to the grand jury saying he committed no crimes. So what, how, how does this person in Georgia come up with a crime after four different federal agencies investigated me for three years and couldn't even find a, a, a parking ticket? Not only a crime, but, I, but, but the same thing that you used to your credit, except for Francis, he said you didn't get him, it was somebody else. But the same thing you used to put away five bosses in one night was used against you in the state of Georgia. I mean, look, Rudy, I'm not a lawyer, but I know about RICO. I know about uh, sure. certain uh, – it is ridiculous. They're actually describing you basically as Gravano and Trump as Gotti, like you're a crime family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, you know, Gravano killed uh, a dozen people. Right. <laughs> right. Nineteen people. I mean, come on. This is ridiculous. I know. Uh, the, the reality is here. here's the really major problem with it. RICO is meant for a long-term criminal organization, which this wasn't, uh, almost like a, a criminal organization that becomes the General Motors. And the reason you need RICO is you don't only have to prosecute the individuals. You've got to take the organization apart. Well, there's no organization here. You know where there's an organization? The Biden crime family. That's right. That's an organization. That's the irony. They need RICO. Yep. You're right. That's the irony here. But I want you to be really honest with me because – you know, you spent all those years on that other side, right? They'd be walking in the mobsters, the criminals, and they'd oh, be the yeah. ones going into jail. And all of a sudden, here you are, Rudy, two days ago, and you're on that side of the table, right? And you're walking in, you're getting your mug shot, all this is getting done. And I know you're a tough guy, and I know that you did nothing wrong, and I know that in the end, you will be vindicated. But was there a second there, Rudy, where you just wanted to go into the bathroom and cry that, oh, my God, this is no. happening to me? Maybe a few days earlier when I got myself ready for it, you know, when I first heard of it, that was more of a shock than when I did it. When I did it, I mean, I'm, I'm so used to being able to suppress my emotions and do what I have to do that I, I don't mean to sound unusual, but I, it was actually not that hard to do. I think if I hadn't prepared for it, it would have been. Mm. I just said to myself, I've got to do this. I'm going to do it with dignity. I'm going to hold my head high. I basically made a choice to do this. Everyone told me not to represent Trump. They would come after me. And I said, screw that. Let them come after me. The man's entitled to representation. What the hell is this all about? When I got the hard drive, I knew they were going to torture me the minute I put it out. I knew it. I, by that time, I knew about the corrupt 
conspiracy on the other side. So all of this, I wished on myself. So I have nobody to blame for this but me and nobody to be proud of but me. Right, right, right. So uh, would you, if you were asked, I'll ask you right now, Rudy Giuliani, on this morning, two days after you were arrested in the state of Georgia, are you still sure, in your mind, are you still sure this election was rigged in Georgia? Well, I'm as sure as a lawyer can be. I mean, I'm never sure until I go prove my case in court. If you want to ask me, do I have the evidence I could bring to court and I believe will prevail? Yes. Sure. Absolutely. No, they haven't scared uh, you. They haven't scared you to the point where you're going to go back on what you've been fighting for the last couple no, of years I know in court. People have. There are some people that have, and they believe the election was rigged, and they go say, no, we don't believe it anymore. They're doing that to keep their job. It's happened at Fox a couple of times. A couple of people over there who have said they don't believe the election was rigged, who told me they did. Uh, there are some people that work with us who have had to cave in to keep their bar license. I mean, I, I don't know. I couldn't live with myself if I did that. It's like, uh, it's like, uh, ever see a man for all seasons? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. That's great. You know, yeah. I don't know. It depends on how you want to live and die. <laughs> so, so you, you, you'd be willing, basically, and I know how much you love your family, and your son was down with me just two hours ago. He was great. You'd be willing to sacrifice all of it because you believe in your heart of hearts, as does President Trump, this was stolen, which, by the way, works in your favor because the onus is on Jack Smith, uh, excuse me, is on Fanny, I should say Fanny, to prove that you guys didn't believe that when it's clear yeah, you would give up everything. I mean, if you, if you, all you got to do is watch Donald Trump and you can tell he believes it. Now, it, you may think he's wrong, but you're entitled to be wrong. America allows you to be wrong. America even allows you to lie. I mean, yeah, that's what the First Amendment is so broad because and also because the line between lying and telling the truth to these guys becomes they decide what the truth is. And if you don't say it, you're lying. Like, you know, uh, two years ago, if I were to say that I didn't think masks did a damn thing for anybody, I they want to put me in jail. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now I sound pretty intelligent. Maybe they were lying. <laughs> yes, you do. So is there a distinction, though, because I brought up to another attorney. I just what Trump said yesterday. Wait a second, Stacey Abrams, you know she uh, said she got robbed. Hillary Clinton and the lawyer said yes. Hillary Clinton said it, but she didn't go as far as developing a team, going into court. So he thought there was a distinction there. Do you think there is? Well, I don't know. I think going into court actually says I'm willing to get it decided by somebody else. Right. I mean, going, you're going to get prosecuted for going to court? Jeez. I mean, I think it's worse to just go around yelling and screaming if you want to undermine the system. I'm really the governor. She's never shown any proof. We've shown proof. You may not like our proof, but we have it. But why, why, so why, I, why, I don't know. I think, you I know, think you we're, know we're, I've watched these networks, and I'll tell you something. We have got a friend, he's an actor. And, um, Lately, I'm, uh, I talk to him less and less because I'm starting to really dislike these people. His name is Michael Rappaport. He's an actor. And I got, I'm in the gym the other day, and he sends me your mugshot. And I said, Mike, why would you send me this? Rudy's my friend. And he said, I swear to God, he goes, he may be your friend, but he did it to himself. I go, what did he do, Mike? What did he do? Well, he did it. I go, Mike, he has proof. He has no proof. Now, I bring up Mike because he's one person. It's anecdotal. But yeah, the truth is, I, I, you have proof, don't you? 
Of course I do. I've, 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 I, all you have to do is go on the Internet. If, if, if people would go to my, my first 10 podcasts, they'd see the whole case tried. I have the witnesses. I, I'm the only one that interviewed Shokin. Everybody talks about Shokin, the prosecutor. I interviewed him. Uh, I interviewed him on Skype, and I went all the way to I went all the way to Ukraine to interview him. I went and got the evidence. I went and got the uh, the the the, um, the first uh, money laundering transaction that, by the way, is certified by the government of Latvia. I have it in my possession. Right. The money that the that the Bidens that the Bidens got and that Joe got, they keep saying there's no evidence that Joe got money. There's been evidence since 2018 that Joe got money from Burisma through the Latvian government. Uh, they just lie, uh, Sid, and it, it's very hard to to deal with that. And then these people tell you you have no evidence. I got a room that's over, overwhelmed with evidence. I can't fit anything else in it. Yeah, I remember when uh, going back to the, uh, the, the specifically the Georgia case. Uh, I was doing TV at the time, and you were in Pennsylvania, not even in Georgia. And um, I remember Trump actually called you in the courtroom, and uh, you were amassing quite a bit of evidence there. I mean, I, I guess it's circumstantial looking back at it, but to no, say no, it isn't. It is there are witnesses. No, no, there's a witness who testified in Pennsylvania. I watched them illegally count. Well over 100,000 ballots. And then he went ahead and he got his other people, and they all kept records. And they come up with about 600,000 ballots. They were not allowed to look at these ballots. They were not allowed to inspect them. They got a court order to inspect them. They were thrown out anyway. I have witnesses who were trained by the Democratic Party of Detroit how to attach a phony registration to a phony ballot. Wow. I have people who observed hundreds and in some cases thousands of pristine absentee ballots. A pristine absentee ballot is an absentee ballot that hasn't been folded. It means it's not an absentee ballot. It has to come in an envelope because the signature is on the outer part of the envelope. The minute you've seen a straight piece of paper, you know it was done in a factory two blocks away. So explain I this have, to me. I so, so, to so I know. is this is is this, this stuff this, is this stuff admissible in court? How'd you get arrested? I don't, it doesn't make any sense. I'm going to send you. I'm going to send you the report of Senator William T. Ligon from Detroit, from Georgia. This senator wrote this all up with the witnesses, and the governor just uh, uh, buried it. I mean, Kemp is uh, is Kemp's got loads of problems, and how he fooled the Republican Party in. In uh, in Georgia is one heck of a trick, but Ligon Ligon uh, after a long investigation, I think a hundred witnesses came to the conclusion that the investigation that the election in Georgia was fixed. Wow. And he doesn't just say it; he lists the witnesses, he tells you what they said, he analyzes the tapes, and he's got about twenty five other senators voting with him. When you look at where you are now, though, okay, and now you, you have been arrested, there is a mugshot, uh, we know you're innocent, we know it, we got it, but there's a lot of folks that don't think that's the case. So, Rudy, how does your life now change moving forward, above and beyond the obvious? It's probably the same as it was, except a few more people on either side, right? So up until now, that's the way it was until, since I began representing, until I represented Trump, I was, you know, Unanimously, America's mayor, 9-11, uh, 
straightening out the city, prosecuting more cases than anyone. Uh, Now, because of Trump, that's all thrown aside. They decided I've become a different person. They don't even know me. How do they know I've become a different person? Right. It's more consistent that I'm the same person pursuing justice. Also, the other thing that gets me is I keep proving myself right. I don't know how many times I got to prove. I mean, when I win this case, they'll still think I'm a crook. Well, uh, was I right about about Russian collusion? Yes. 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 Were they lying? Yes. Was I right about the hard drive? Yes. After 17 months of being a Russian pawn? Yes. Were they lying like hell about it? Yes. Were they lying about the conversation to the to the uh, Ukrainian uh, president that there was no reason for it? There were 50 and I produced them. Yes. So I, at least four times I have proven. Oh, by the way, they uh, raided my apartment. They raided my law office. Every newspaper wrote where there's smoke, there's fire. Shut up. Yeah. You must have done something really serious. Yeah. <laughs> Two years later, no fanfare. Right. Letter to the grand jury. We can't find any crimes. And no apologies. Hey, listen, 67. No and nobody's saying, hey, maybe we should let you off this guy now. Right, like the right, time. right. Well, listen. The four I, times are going after this guy. We can't catch him. Hey, maybe it's possible he's innocent. Maybe. And our political prejudice is warping our judgment. Yeah, they won't say that, though. 60 seconds to go, though, Rudy. It's been an incredible conversation. I love when you're on. You're so honest, and, and you are the same guy. You're the same guy that invited me to a oh, Yankee yeah. game 20 years ago and your, your house to watch a Giant game last last year. But on the way out, uh, <laughs> you've admitted that money's been an issue. I know that Donald Trump on September 7th is going to hold a big yeah. event at Bedminster to help raise money. Uh, somebody said to me, well, wait a second. Why does Trump just write him a check? He's worth billions of dollars. What do you need a fundraiser for? Just let Donald Trump write him a check. I said, listen, that, that's Rudy and Trump. That's their deal. Are you happy? Is this enough for you, this fundraiser? Are you okay? This is a good, this is a good thing. As long as the lawyers get what they're entitled to and they're treated fairly, I'm, I'm okay. Uh, it's hard to say it's enough because we don't know what, what else we have in store for us. But this is a good start, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Rudy, your honesty, you're a great man. I love you. You know I love you. And they can say what they want about you, do what they want to you. I will always defend you because you're my friend, a great man. Well, you are America's man. Lot. It means a great deal. Thank you. Thank you. a great deal. And you've got one hell of a show. I enjoy it very, very much. Thank you, Rudy. I love you, man. Thank you so Thank much. You. All right, Bye-bye. take care. There he is, Rudy Giuliani. A very honest Rudy Giuliani. Lots more to do. Keep it right here. See it. On a fire. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. Oh, it's so funny to be seeing you after so long, girl. And with the way you look, I understand that you were not impressed.
happy birthday to the great Elvis Costello singing Allison here. Louise Girl, MJ, shares a birthday today with Elvis Costello. Frank Marano reminds me, Michael Franzese, who I brought up with Rudy Giuliani there. He's got a big show coming up at Caesars in Atlantic City on September the 23rd. You can get tickets at Caesars.com or Ticketmaster. Michael Franzese coming up September 23rd at Caesars. All right, we uh, got to get back on the clock here. We held Rudy for quite some time because... It was great, an important and honest Rudy Giuliani. Unlike MSNBC, these mother effers sit there and lie every day. I mean, again, just to see what they've done all morning long, scrolling at the bottom of the screen since 6 a.m., P011358. That's the inmate number for President Trump. What a bunch of sick bastards, really. What a bunch of lowlives. Let me remind Joe and Mika, America's worst couple, two skanks, that uh, when Donald Trump first ran, he was on with you guys all the time. You loved him. You loved him. You remember that, Joe and Mika? Remember you had Donald Trump on all the time? You loved him? Chuck Todd, too. And then he exposed you all as the liars that you are. Liars. Bad people, Joe and Mika. Bad. The whole group of them. Even Mike Barnacle, a friend of mine for 25 years. He was on set with me, Bernie, Lou, Imus, Charles, a million times. We loved Mike Barnacle. He's become completely ridiculous. He's a joke. He's a character. Willie Geist, race beating Al Sharpton. These are the people people watch to get their news. God help us. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Squeeze for you, tempted at 944, your rainy party. It looks like my good friend Thomas Kniff, who ran for DA here in Manhattan, he lost to Alvin Bragg. Currently, he's representing Daniel Penny, the hero Marine, in the death of uh, that homeless maniac Jordan Neely. He's a real hero, Thomas Kniff. It looks like he's celebrating his anniversary today, 11 years to his wife. I saw it on Facebook. So happy anniversary to uh, Tom Kniff. All right, we'll spend a couple of minutes here with uh, two friends of mine. One has been here many times, Stefania. She's always um, around other politicians. She uh, helped out. I think the first time I met you, you were in and around. Who's the taxi guy? The uh, Mateo, the mayor. Right, Fernando Mateo. Fernando Curtis Mateo. Curtis Sliwa kicked his ass. 
And, uh, <laughs> and I know you're happy about that now. Maybe not then, but now you are. Oh, um, my God. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's your friend Curtis right there. And then you came in with Samantha Zerka. Yes. And uh, Curtis, once again, was your friend with that. Yeah. Because Samantha lost uh, her uh, her race eventually to Mike Rendino's sister. Yeah. You still talk to Samantha? Of course. Yeah. How's she doing? She's amazing. You know, Mike reached out to me and uh, Curtis. He was on this show. And he swears to this day he never talked bad about her. Her son, I should say, ba ba ba. And uh, me and Mike are fine. But I saw the last text between Mike and Curtis, mm. and that's still very, very ugly. No. Ugly. I mean, if he did it with Curtis, now everybody believes that he did it with Samantha. Yes or not? I, I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't know him well enough to say he's a liar. And I did like Samantha when you brought her in those couple of times, and I did endorse her to win that race. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to pick Curtis every time. So. Listen, I really don't know uh, Michael. I haven't. I don't. I haven't even like check his hand or anything. So nothing. it's like you don't nothing. Even know him. It's right. like. But you know his sister. Did you meet the sister who actually? I won met that? her and but like this, like hi and bye. That like, was it. It okay. was just like it was okay. just like that. It was okay. just simple. Gotcha. So you have known for years, Josh. I met once, and uh, I decided one night. Uh, well, I was invited by the mayor, Eric Adams. This is when we were getting close. About a year ago, he uh, hands out food to the homeless every Wednesday night by Madison Square Garden. And I was living at the city because my house was uh, under repair. I said, why not? I'll take two train rides over. And I'm not going to lie, I loved it. It was great. Uh, I met some great people, a lot of uh, you know solid New Yorkers with big hearts. I served that night. Eleanor Srugo was there, and the mayor, and a bunch of other folks. Uh, some people I still like to this day, some I don't. But I don't regret handing out food to the homeless. <laughs> but you were there that night, and uh, you're an interesting guy. I, I remember, you know, you were very excitable. You were showing me all these great cars that you've got. Handsome guy, by the way, in very good shape. But I still really have no idea to this moment what the hell you do. <laughs> so uh, your name is Josh, but you call yourself Batman. Why is that? Because uh, I go dressed up as Batman. Uh, why do you do this? I do this because I think it's a good thing to help people. Um, but when yeah. you say you go dress, uh, my last Halloween I ever celebrated, I went to visit my friend Jill Werber at the University of Rhode Island, and I dressed as Batman. And I never dressed up again after that. I was so humiliated. Uh, <laughs> where do you wear this Batman outfit to? I'm curious. Uh, pretty much every day uh, to hospitals, outpatient centers. Oh, that's nice. Homeless You mean for kids? For yes. children, even sometimes adults, but permanently what, kids. What, so the kids love it. What, what do adults say, seriously? Uh, some adults love it. There really? are some Batman fanatics out there who just, that's their dream. Even and how did it start, the whole Batman thing? Uh, I mean, I'll give you the quick version. Yeah. Um, I was bullied majority of my childhood. Uh, cause I grew up That's why a... you have muscle now. I'm the same one. Exactly, I'm the same right? one. They go, you're 56. <laughs> why are you so crazy with the gym? I have a lot of scores to settle. So yeah, do you. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I was bullied for not having the things that a lot of the children had growing up. Where'd you grow up? I uh, grew up on the South Shore of Long Island. Okay. Uh, went to private school and was so, picked so on. So you had a nice childhood. I mean, yeah, no, no, I think our childhood was great. Yeah. I was picked on for not being one of the wealthier kids. And oh. I kind of initially made me want to be Bruce Wayne. Um, and then, unfortunately, I had a younger sister who got sick, uh, studying abroad freshman year of college, ended up coming home. And within a week, she ended up passing away. Oh, my God. Uh, How old is your sister? Uh, 18. She was my only younger sibling, only oh. girl in my family. Is this um, the charity now that you've got? So yeah. that's why it ended up making me kind of switch from wanting to be Bruce Wayne to wanting to become Batman and kind of make... Oh, my God. Batman. I felt bad I made fun of you. I no, mean, I'm no, still going to make okay. fun no, of no, you. No, you no, still no. look ridiculous. But. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, by the way, I, I agree. It's no, not... I'm kidding. No, no. Uh, what, what, was, uh, what is your sister's name? Aviva. Oh, what a uh, lovely Aviva name. Ariane. Are you Israeli? Uh, Persian. 
Persian. Okay, because Aviva is a very popular name in uh, yeah. Israel. And, yeah. and, and now, how many years ago did she pass away? Uh, Sixteen. Oh it's man, Josh, I'm sorry, bro. I'm so, sorry. So this charity that you put together is called what? And and what do you do? Daily to help make it go. Yes, yeah, so it's called Smiles Through Cars uh, because initially I was bringing exotic cars before I look silly as Batman. You look great. I'm kidding. <laughs> go ahead. Before, no. uh, Wear it know, every I day. Would, Good I for would you. dress up as Batman. I would go to visit the children and sometimes adults in these exotic cars, and that's why the smiles would bring them. The you actually have the Batmobile, like the Batmobile. Yes. He does, right? He's amazing. Oh my God. You have to join us one day. We go in Christmas, in Halloween, we give away uh, costumes for kids. We play with them. They all dress up, and they have, like, cars, like Lamborghinis, Bentleys. Oh, he's got an incredible. In fact, Heshi Organbaum, who's yes. a very good friend of mine, he, uh, you know Heshi. Yeah. He um, said, Josh came to an event. I did Cars for Cancer yeah. years ago, an exotic car show. So, on a serious note, you're doing some really, really great stuff. Yes. Yeah, it's been an amazing journey. I've probably visited a little more than 50,000 children uh, since I started doing this. Yeah. Um, and it's really just been a mission. Uh, how many years has the charity uh, been active so now? So the charity we founded in 2018, but this mission began a long time right, ago. Right, but the, the actual charity has been in place for five years. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Do you have any idea how much money you've raised so far? Or? Probably a couple million dollars. You have done a couple of million. Yes. But it's all in and out. No one of in course, the, but no one in the charity gets a salary. Now, how did you become friends with Josh, Steph? I met him during the campaign for uh, the controller that I was doing. Oh, uh, yes. We, What's his name? Dabo or something? Dabby. Dabby. Yes. That's another psycho. Like booby. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like stupid. I mean, you hang out with the craziest people ever. I know. Yeah. Listen. By the way, my daughter's name is Ava. And just so you know, uh, in Persian, even in Hebrew, Aviva is Ava. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my daughter and your sister share share that name. Wow. Right, so you met him when you were. So we met. We met, and since that we've been friends, and we've been uh, going through like all this in Christmas, in Halloween. Mm-hmm. We we give away with the police. We also work with um, NYPD and oh, the great. fire department, and great. it's so nice because we go and the fire alarms, and everybody is like whoa, and we go and, and say hi to the kids. It's so amazing, oh, you know. That's great. It's nothing but, more like yeah. like a. Yeah. Uh, happiness that yeah. when you give and when you give a smiles to people that really need them the interesting it's called smiles my wife uh is an avid marathon runner danielle you know that Steph. yes and uh she worked one year uh the, the what do you call that the cleft palates the kids who okay. uh, talk about oh, kids yeah and she worked uh, she ran the marathon for a group a group called smiles and i wish i knew the whole name but it was they you know they can't smile because of the cleft palates and all yeah. that so that is, uh, I know that name from before, so I thought maybe you were a part of that group, but this is certainly very, very important. We yeah. actually had a child that we visited about a year or two ago. Her name was Kelly, who had that, and she actually wasn't able to smile. Right. She had about 15 surgeries, and <laughs> after the surgery, she was in uh, Long Island, and we went to visit her, and we have her on video. She goes, I was never able to smile that big before, as oh, when we came with the that's great. princesses that's and great. all that. Did you help her, actually, with that surgery, too, your charity? So we didn't fund the, the, that. We just yeah. knew about that, and we went in, and we met her, and we've been friends with this family. Awesome. Well, about 60 seconds to go. I know you celebrated a birthday a couple of days ago, Steph, yeah, right? it's today. Oh, it's today. Yes. Huh? Hey, look at, hey, hey, Lou, <laughs> she's got the same birthday as your girl, MJ. How about that? Woo-hoo. And Elvis Costello, three of the all-time greats. Stefania, Elvis Costello. 
Costello and uh, and MJ. And when is your event uh, coming up? Uh, the event's going to be Saturday, uh, Southampton, the Bentley Hotel, uh, from six to eleven p.m. Oh, in the Hamptons. Yeah, in yes. the Hamptons. Oh, you are a fancy guy, John. We gonna are be so amazing. fancy. Bruce Wayne style, you know? <laughs> yeah. And uh, I just want to say a quick thank you to everyone that's really been involved with this, because I was the person that initially planted that seed, mm-hmm. but that seed can only grow when you continuously water it. So sure. I just want to say thank you that's to nice. the team, obviously, Stefania, yeah. uh, Richie, Joe, Scott, uh, who really have been behind us the entire time, pushing us uh, with their company, Social Pressure, uh, Influence. you got Dr. DeMauro from New York Spine Institute, uh, Geo Events. Uh, obviously, um, impressive auto bodies always helped us. And, uh, George K and, uh, his business partner who have always been there from, uh, the company Resilience. So I just want to say thank you to all those, uh, and everyone else, including Christine, who's been our PR agent. So yes. thank you. Awesome. Yes. Thank you to my team. Um, so like you say, like I'm very blessed to have all these people around me and Richie Hossein and Joe Ganon, they, uh, welcome me into their team. And I'm so excited to be part of this. And it's a great, it's a great cause. We are going to donate everything to Smart True Cars, and we are going to celebrate my birthday. Icy and Coco is hosting the event for us. Nice. So we're going to have a nice. pink carpet. It's a Barbie team, and everybody, obviously, is very welcome to come here. And um, we're going to have a great time. We have more than 300 people coming. Wow. And more than my wedding. <laughs> it's more than yes, my wedding. It's, it's going to be so amazing. Okay. And uh, Jennifer, I didn't too. And also, uh, Christine, thank you so much. Our PR team, we are all in marketing. We are all in there. It's so amazing. All right. Well, listen, congratulations. Happy birthday to you, Steph. Josh, I liked you before. I like you even more now. Uh, God bless your sister's soul. And uh, anything I can do to help, please uh, don't hesitate to ask. Uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful cause. And you're a terrific guy. So congratulations. Thank you. It's I'm sure your sister is looking down. Very proud of you. Thank you. Yes. That's my brother right there. Good man. We'll take a short break, come back, and wrap things up on this Friday with after these short messages. WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning.
Is this one of MJ's favorites? Great 10th Avenue Freeze Out? The Great. Great song. Great, great song. Highlighting my old friend, the great saxophonist. He's dead a long time now. He's dead so long I forgot his name. <laughs> you don't need Clarence Clemens, my man. Hey, uh, great job, uh, everybody, today. Curtis Sliwa. Don't forget, raise some hell with Curtis. Go out there to Gracie Mansion, 2 o'clock. I believe it's 2 o'clock Sunday afternoon for another day of uh, disobedience. <laughs> yeah, this Curtis looks forward to his 80th arrest. And thank you, Curtis, for two great nights in Brooklyn this week. Thank you for being the heart and voice of everybody here in New York. You're a true hero, a true legend, a true icon, my friend, Curtis Sliwa. Johnny Tobacco, thank you as well. All our guests today, Ricky Gold and, of course, Lou Rafino, Justin Ellick, and Noam Layton back after a great week from Jim Flippin. We are done. I'm going to go to Broad Channel tonight. Check out Adrian's. See my friend Marty Pini. I'll be back with the whole crew Monday at 6. God willing, as Gene would say. So until then, everybody. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GaboLaw.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.